Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 131. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. What up, podcast? Video games. Video E3 games. happened. Nothing was there. There's no, there's no, there's no games. It's it's fine. I mean, there's still games. There's, you know, well, there are smaller games. They continue to be released. Uh, but as uh, I feel like we've been saying for years, the the big games are dead. They're fine. It's fine. Just let them go. Yeah. Square Enix will just piss um, you off more. They keep pissing me off, and everyone gets annoyed. You know, it just happens. I think I'm. I think I have made my peace with Square Enix right now. That can change. <laughs> that probably will change. But right now, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I am. <laughs> I am vaguely positive to ambivalent. I mean, I'm going to play all the games, right? I'm going to play 16. I'm probably going to have a good time. Yep. I'm yep. going to play Rebirth, probably have a less good time. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to play Crisis Core because I already did that. And I had a very bad yep. time. Yep. That's correct. You're going to you're going to play Kingdom Hearts 4, which I will not. Guess. And I'm going to have a good time. I, I will not. Have... I'm going to be like the story stupid, but man, I don't know. they should. It's they should been so long reflect. since we've had a Kingdom Hearts lore check in on Void Life. I miss it. I miss Kingdom Hearts lore. We are told that August is when it will be finishing. We're all okay. waiting for it. Everyone right. needs to know what's going to happen at the end of Dark Road. Well, let's talk. Let's not talk about games that aren't finished, and instead talk about the games that we've been playing this month. I played Delta Rune. <laughs> okay, how finished is that? <laughs> um, at the end of the second chapter, it gives you a chapter select screen for the first time, which shows that there are going to be seven chapters. Whew. That's. I, I mean, I think I, I did not look this up, but my impression was that after this, uh, Toby Fox said that it was, the rest of it was just going to come at once. I don't know if that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just the, my memory of it, but I could be mistaken. I yeah, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we played Mother Three. Obviously, we'll be talking about that in a minute. But then after that, I was in like this weird place where I was like. We'll talk about it, but like I enjoyed Mother Three, but I mostly was thinking about Moon and other RPG and like Yumi Nikki and other small RPGs that we played uh, live alive in my mind constantly. And I was like, do I just do I just not have it in me to like really connect with one of these? And I just like I've had Delta Rune on my Switch for ages and loaded it up and played through it and uh, really liked it. I've been really down on. Uh, I was really down on. Uh, hmm, I was like neutral to down on Undertale, whereas I played it when it first came out, thought it was fine. But then everyone wouldn't stop talking about it for five years. And I was like, I don't see it. Like, I, you know, I, I just don't get it. Um, it's fine. I like a lot of the characters, but I think the like theme stuff is like a little hokey. Um, and the game's way too hard. And all of that seems better in Deltarune. I just, the character interaction is more centered. Um, the battle system is more fleshed out and it's just more forgiving generally. Uh, the games, both episodes are really short. They were like, I think I finished episode one in like two hours and change and episode two in like three and a half, something like that. Easy breezy. Um, I just thought it was really good. That's all. There's just really neat stuff happening in there. It's like evolving what the game is. Like there's massive system improvements between one and two and just has a vibe. And I like all the characters and yeah, it's solid. I was really impressed. <laughs> yeah. It seems cool. Every, everyone yeah. like, cause I have a similar thing of, uh, I like, I really like about 80% of the first root of Undertale, and then once I don't really like the, the true roots, uh, or all the flowery stuff, all the like big video game ex- exp execution points, I, I go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so I have a similar like relationship with Undertale. I think it's really well written. I enjoy the characters. Uh, some of the big video game ideas I find a little corny. Um, and me- everyone has said, you should play Deltarune. It's all character work. It's, it's all the shit you like. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you really like it. It's neat. Um... I think if I if the whole thing was out and I played all of it, I would be less into it. Also, 
Okay, so I should probably just get in, yeah. get on board yeah. now. Not have the thing yeah. where we waited six years to play Kentucky Route Zero and we yes. moved past it. Because <laughs> at that point, it's too much game and it's too about like whatever the reveals are going to be in like chapter six or whatever. And I don't give a shit. I just get to enjoy the character part, right? Yeah, Susie. Um, yeah, uh, Susie's great. Um, the other game I played, this has been kind of a light game month for me, is Dicey Dungeons. Um which is just on Game Pass. And I was like, you know, I don't really look in on the modern roguelike shit. I should uh, give this one a shot. Um, this is Terry Cavanaugh's game, uh, which explains why I fucking like it. It's really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I remember when this came out. Yes. Dicey Dungeons. I was like, I, that sounds familiar. You're right. Yes. So this is like a, it, it's a, it's like a, it's like a roguelike in that you're going through a dungeon, but the dungeons are each of your character classes has like a deck of cards that are like, if, if you put it's like the cards like a blank spot and it's like put a dice higher than four in here and this turn you can do that much damage with that dice and then you roll a number of dice that you get um and you have to like spend whatever dice you get you can re-roll a couple if you have re-roll cards or whatever um and that that's and you're fighting guys and then once you fight a guy you go to the next little dungeon space and you're managing your health and some characters can heal and blah 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 um just combining like very light card very light card stuff uh in that you're like by the end of any run, your deck is like maybe six cards um, and um, and some dice and uh, a dungeon crawler. And the main thing is uh, there's like six characters and each character has five or six scenarios. And you start with like chapter one of the warrior and you, you play that and it's like five like floors and you beat it first time probably because it's not very hard. And then you unlock the second character and chapter two of the warriors dungeons. Um, and so it's very directed as to like complete levels and play through the game, which is fucking great. <laughs> uh, nice. That's what you want. It just, yeah. It's like you sit down for 20 minutes and you accomplish something and then you, you clearly unlock the next thing to tackle and then you can just fucking turn it off. It's great. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, that is um, a nice, a nice relief yeah. when you're like, oh, this game's not like made to. Yeah. play a billion hours. I mean, I know people have played billions of hours of it, but I I played like I played maybe like six or seven games. I won most of them and I was always unlocking stuff and it just felt really good. I I had a great time. I'll probably go back and I had a great Yeah, it was just very fun. Um Yeah. I really I, want the uh this says the iOS port isn't out yet. I really want the iOS port. Or maybe this is 2020. So this has to be out by now. This Wikipedia is I'm not I'm fairly sure that's been on been Yeah, on iOS. I should get that from my uh phone cuz uh, I was playing on my Xbox. <laughs> I was on Game Pass. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's cool. I should I should give that a shot one because I I am I played like a round of uh, Slay the Spire, which is you know, you know different. It's not dice. Yes. But it's, uh, definitely in, in that's the same... way more about building a deck, right? Yes, that is far about uh, <laughs> yeah. building a deck. I played like two 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 run throughs. Then like this is the thing I can get into, and yeah, it, it seems cool. Um, I don't really have the time or um inclination for uh this kind of roguelike it's just not really the thing i spend time on uh but uh i, I see it. i see the thing everyone's losing their mind over uh i see why some people get like 500 hours in it even on these first runs it's like yeah you can get this thing and then this thing synergizes with this and i do like to make things that synergize with other things everyone enjoys that <laughs> um yeah don't have any deep thoughts but i see it yeah i would say give this one a shot because it's very like even if you only just play like one game and you're like okay i see it uh it'll be good it'll, it's fun uh very self-explanatory about like where the fun is in it <laughs> um yeah uh that one's good but otherwise uh you know it's been kind of light this rpg took a bunch of my time 
is what happened. Yes. There's, yeah. Cause so I, I played um, this month. I played obviously month three, which took a bunch of time. Also played both Force Unleashed games, which took a bunch of time. You can hear about that on Journal Updated. Oh, where can you find that? The second best game dot club. All right. Um, That'll be out uh, a couple days from now. Yes. That's usually on the first. Uh, is generally the plan for Journal Updated's release. Uh, so I, I talked about that over there. So it's very busy. Uh, I Pokemon Journey continues. I'm like halfway through Platinum. Uh, oh, mm, mm. I'm like 10 hours in before I had to throw that away and really get on with all my work for the month. I didn't even realize you had started Platinum. <laughs> yeah, I just I couldn't help it, you know. Okay, po- Pokemon, Pokemon continues. I talk a little bit about that on Journal as well. Uh, won't won't okay. necessarily go over. We talked about Emerald Pokemon a bit here. on Voip Life. The Pokemon thoughts go everywhere. Don't feel like, oh, I'm missing out on the Pokemon thoughts. No, they're, no, no. They're not very deep. They're not that deep. Also, I'll keep However, going and they'll come up. If you would like <laughs> if you'd like to hear us talk about video games, including our E3 reactions, you can go to patreon.com slash mapping and get Voip Life for $10. We talk about video games a lot there. We do. Uh, but I'm just saying, if you're like, oh, I can't believe Jackson's hiding the Pokemon talk, it'll come up again. I'm going to have the same basic reactions. It's fucking Pokemon. It does doesn't change much. Please do not feel like I'm hiding my paywalling and spreading around my Pokemon opinions. It's just how it goes. Um, uh, but I also played uh, just a few things on on Steam. I played uh, Marble It Up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about this. This seems fucking sick. Uh, yeah, because um, so Neon White came out, yes. uh, which I have not played, um, and uh, I am vaguely interested in it. Uh, I, I, nothing about that seems interesting to me so yeah so like you have to let me know a lot of a lot of discussion with that game about is the story cringe is it is it actually really good i i'm gonna be on the cringe team i just know this about myself uh i've never like that, that kind of writing just doesn't appeal to me that's fine what does appeal to me is like fun level based uh like action games um mm-hmm. and i was a little frustrated the wrong one but like there was a lot of discussion around neon white uh the was like Neon White save video games in a way that I was like, you know, there's like so many of those. There are so many speed running. I can think type of a games. dozen of these type of game off the top of my head. And um, it wasn't. It was nothing against like Neon White itself. It was like I feel like the reaction should, shouldn't be wow, this unique thing a save video game. It should be wow, they've got a whole genre of things to explore. Uh, so instead of playing Neon White, I, I went into Marble It Up, which is one of these uh, like um, what's it called? Marble Marble Blast. Marble Blast yeah, Ultra. Marble yes, Blast Marble Ultra. Blast. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of like Switchball and like all the ones from Marble Madness and is Marble Madness one is on like the the is that the one that with the trackball ages ago? Yes. Yeah. So one of those. It's it's you know uh, a marble based momentum game. Um, uh, I guess similar to Super Monkey Ball, except you're not controlling the uh, the floor. You're controlling the marble because if you've not played these before um and it's really really good it's it's good fun uh it is specifically fun when you're like trying to optimize for times uh because the like initial um the initial goals are like relatively forgiving so you don't actually Mm. have to get that good at the game um yeah to uh to beat it you have to like kind of force yourself to really engage with all the weird ways you can make marbles bounce uh but i was having a great time with it i've not played like more than uh like three hours but um, it's really good fun. I, that, that's a strong recommend. They made a new Marble Blast in 2018. It's great. Yeah. My one of these that I really like is uh, Cluster Truck. Yes, Cluster Truck and, and another great one of these. I played uh, a little the thing while. I like about that is the thing that most of this genre doesn't have is that Cluster Truck is like high random, where some levels just get real fucking bad in the way that the physics collide and you're just not going to you're just not going to make it. <laughs> I I don't think Cluster Truck is random. I think it's completely. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure it f- sometimes is random. 
Um, okay, I you'll I'll have to look that up. But I'm like I'm fairly sure. So long as you don't do anything because it has like a general tendency. But I feel like either it's random or you're messing with the trucks can alter their course. Because there's definitely times where I'm like, there's a ramp here, like because a truck jackknife that was not here last time. Okay, I'll have to. I'll. I, I don't know. I I assumed it was deterministic, but I guess it could be random with the like more physics based with the way the trucks collide. Mm. Um, yeah, but that is definitely a high chaos one of the like marble it up is yes. peak like. This is yeah. for the high skill players. You can you can yes. get down to fractions of milliseconds in the races for speed, whereas cluster truck is far more just like let's fucking go, baby. Yeah, there's some stuff <laughs> happening, and uh, we'll do our best. Uh, but yeah, I'm I will explore. Uh, the, you know, got a couple of those games I want to play. I want to play um, a bunch of cloud built, which is an uh, old one of these that looks cool. Uh, also has a bad story uh, in a very yeah. different that one's got a very funny story you're playing like it's it, so Cloud Belt which I played like 15 minutes of to make sure it works and you know feels good to move so I'm excited to spend time with it but the premise is in you girl with rocket legs and like a mech thing doing platformer stuff are actually the mental projection of yourself coming to terms with the fact that you're disabled now and I'm like oh indie games <laughs> Yeah. This game originally from 2014, by the way. So. Mm. Uh, but I will be ignoring all of that and uh, enjoying jumping around. But yeah, that's mm. kind of where I'm at. Uh, not too much going on. Uh, pretty busy month for work stuff. Uh, yeah. RPGs. All right. Well, with that out of the way, I guess we'll just get into our fucking game club. Let's do it. game club this month is mother three the 2006 rpg uh developed by brownie brown and hal laboratory for the game boy advance this is the sequel to mother two also known as earthbound and mother also known as what is that Earth, earthbound, earthbound beginnings, beginnings. it's called mother no one has ever called it earthbound beginnings uh, like people people will for some reason call it trials of mana but they will never call it earthbound beginnings Oh, that's because you can now buy a game called Trials of Mana. You can I, buy a game called Earthbound Games. Yeah, that's true. But th- th- I feel like it's, yes, it's different. a little different because also like um, Trials of Mana is that um, the three D they get the three D book game push. Yes. Yeah, but uh, I get multiple DMs uh, whenever it comes up. <laughs> like second disenchanted three. Yes. Uh, anyway, Mother Three, infamously uh, a game with a very long and troubled development uh, that was going to originally be a Super Famicom game. Um, and was like the team from Earthbound with uh, Shigeru Miyamoto and Iwata working on it. And then they moved to the 64 
and then it became a 64 DD game. And then it became a 64 game again when the DD flopped. And then, um, that got like literally canceled and they moved development over, uh, with Brownie Brown. Um, the plus with getting Brownie Brown on board is that, uh, you get uh, Nobuyuki Inoue as the uh, game designer, uh, who was a scenario designer on live alive. Um, and also worked on like legend of mana and, you know, sort of mana magical vacation stuff like that yes. um this has etoy writing um of course uh because this is etoy's baby um and uh infamously was only released in japan uh achieved mythic if not like sacred status among american gamers of the old internet and then eventually had a fan translation put out uh, we were playing version 1.3 of the fan translation yeah got an update um, last year yeah, on Game Boy Advances with flashcards, which is uh, which is sad because um, I when I ordered a, a, a Game Boy thing, uh, they just for free didn't even ask for it. Came with like a repro uh, Mother Mother Three cart. Uh, yeah, but it was the one point two version, so I'm like, oh, I'm I'm playing the uh, I'm playing the new one. Sorry, <laughs> so yeah, that, that yeah. cart will never be used. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to have though. Um, Jackson, would you briefly tell us what the story of Mother Three is? Um, I will do my best. Uh, the story of Mother Three uh, is set in primarily the uh, village of T- uh, Tasmili, uh, where uh, Lucas, Claus, uh, Flint, and Hanawa live, who are a family uh, that just live there in this place, uh, which is like a uh, nowhere town that is simultaneously part of like the american west frontier but also generic fantasy world with dragons and a castle uh strange collage video game town uh put a pin in that (laughs) um and uh at the start of the game um the hinawa is killed as the um pig mask army arrive uh and start bombing the nearby forest uh turning animals into chimeras and bringing sadness to this uh so far peaceful town um and this kicks off uh the adventure as we follow uh primarily lucas but also uh buster who is a thief uh duster duster not duster um princess uh, who is the princess of that that castle, uh, and the dog, uh, who is called Boney. Boney, yes. Uh, and over a course of chapters, where they all go on various adventures, uh, they unite uh, to pull out the seven needles uh, of the world that are keeping the sleeping dragon uh, asleep. Uh, what does that mean? Well, you find out throughout the game as you... Um, uh, pull out these things. Someone else is also pulling these these uh, these needles out. Uh, the the uh, the pig mask army have a mysterious commander who, like Lucas, also has uh, the ability to touch the needles. By the way, it didn't mention this, but Claus went missing at the start of chapter one. So who could say? Who also, the when, you, is? when you confront the masked man, he uses your unique psi attack. Yes. Uh, also, when you get to the um, the factory, they're like, "Wow, it's the commander." So it, it, <laughs> um, there is no mystery. It does not play that as a mystery because if it did, it, it doesn't understand that that is the most obvious thing in the world uh so over the course of the same you are you are doing that while uh in like the background plot that's carrying out mostly through npc dialogue but also uh in in chapter three when you play as a little monkey called salsa um a uh um new arrival to the town uh named in our translation facade uh 
It's also called Yokoba in, in the Japanese version. The only one that had their name change in the translation, I'm told. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll be calling him Facade because that's the version we played. Um, and uh, he has brought money to the town and the concepts of modernism and the town uh, is between these chapters and on time skips becoming a modern town with uh, hotels and apartment blocks and money and they work at a factory and they have to go to the club to relax after being exploited at the factory Um, and some of the town are engaging in trying to like climb the ranks of the fascist pigmas army it's bad everything's going bad uh and eventually as you keep pulling these uh, needles out uh, all the people leave uh it ends up this development of the town pushes people just to leave for the big city uh which is new new pork city where you go and find the uh the true villain who's controlling all things who is porky who you may remember from mother 2 as pokey when they translate it differently <laughs> but um uh porky is here infinite years old has refused to die and holds on to everything in like its perverted form will combine animals into nothing uh will uh just you know manipulate and play with the world as his will because that's porky's whole thing has no conception of empathy uh or caring about anything uh as you learn that this world that you're in is a like arc world that was made after the fall of the last world where humanity destroyed itself uh and this new world of thamesley village was, was made um and this is where like the survivors went and it was decided that the survivors should not remember the old world because if they remembered the old world a hum- humanity would make the same mistakes and destroy itself uh and um porky is bringing that corruption back and you're trying to save everyone and bring bring peace to the land by pulling out the needles with uh, light in your heart whereas claus is pulling them out with emptiness and nihilism in his heart uh and you've all, you've both pulled three out as you're in this final thing and the only, only the final needle remains uh and you confront porky uh you climb his whole tower and then go all the way down under uh defeat him and he eventually retreats to his like uh, absolute safety chamber where he cannot get well you cannot attack him but he cannot get out and is functionally trapped which is there which forever. is straight up a dragon ball capsule core yes destruction uh, and it is like trapped in his refusal to engage with the world forever uh and then the final battle is uh versus uh versus claws or klaus or, I, I i kept saying klaus when i looked it up and everyone else says claws on the internet i also said klaus um, but everyone seems to say Klaus <laughs> wherever I look. I, like, that, that, that's a real name. I was like, it's, it's Klaus. Klaus, right? It's Klaus. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this might just be an American's. We don't know who Zidane is. Problem, right? Well, they're also talking about like the book it's based on. So I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, is it? Is that? Do I just not know? I anyway. Doesn't matter. You're fighting Klaus. Uh, he destroys the rest of your team. Uh, and it's a one-on-one battle. It's really not a battle. It's just a narrative uh, event. As um, Lucas won't fight until Flint, the dad, arrives. And uh, we, the main thing here is that everyone, um, you've learned from uh, Porky that he found Claus's body and turned it into a chimera. So everyone assume, other than Flint, assumes that uh, Klaus is just dead, like he's just an animated corpse. And Flint's like, "No, my son's in there." Yes, uh, and. Uh, Lucas refuses to attack. You like the the fight button won't work until like Flint takes a critical blow, and then they start fighting each other. Uh, or you know you can just keep healing and casting shield. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. And um, the voice of Hinala like interrupts uh, and uh, calls out to the sons uh, and reminds them of who they are as 
Klaus like casts one final blow of lightning, which reflects uh, with the the ring or the 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 badge, the Franklin badge, the Franklin yeah. badge that uh, uh, was the Ness courage had. badge that uh, Flint gave you also. Yeah, but uh, it's like a relic from the old world. Yes, it's a relic from the old world. It's the, the Franklin badge, uh, and um, but it's it's also like because the dad gave it to them. Like it's it's a, it's, yes. both, it's both, uh, and kills Klaus, kills Klaus. Uh, I can do this the whole fucking time. Um, and pulls out the final needle, uh, and the world ends and is remade in a new potential future that is not shown in specific. Uh, but we hope it is. Looks with- like everything was destroyed. Uh, like yes. there's a bit where it plays it like what what did Lucas want? Because Lucas is a protagonist. So you don't actually know what Lucas would wish for when he pulled the needle. Uh, yes, um, but. The and then there's like a final scene, uh, where you don't see anything, but the games cast talk to you and they tell you that they're okay. And what will you wish for in your life that you must live? Because the game was about real things. Um, also, he specifically asked for everyone to come back to life, so it's implied that Klaus is also still alive. Yeah, he yes. um he hit him with the uh, the new Evangelion shit. Salary <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, Klaus real. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, that's that's the whole plot of the game. I didn't really talk about a lot of the the characters and the digression that we're actually going to discuss, uh, because yeah. Mother Three is mostly a game about like weird things happening. Because it's the film of the game, but weird things happening. It's an RPG. You go to new places and have new experiences, meet characters. There's a whole race of characters we didn't even fucking mention there. Um, but that's um, the it. Literally, plot of it literally wasn't until listening to you read the summary that I realized they changed the name to facade because it sounds like facade, like the French word for a fake face. <laughs> yes because he's he's not he's one of the he's one of the magi he's one of the magi betray- yes. he's the one magi who betrayed like the magi ideal to uphold the peace of the world and joined with porky uh yes um we'll be calling the magi by the way because the- yes because they have a, they have a different name that we're not saying it's like the most it, it's the thing you just can't do it's like nope i'm not saying that the fandom just say it like oh it's just the yeah. name of the game like no not allowed they're the magi for us they're the magi yes um so mother three what do you think um i when it's funny i really like it (laughs) when it's like trying to be sincere i like it still but i like it less generally um i think it's like i think chapter seven which is a big hole like it just introduces the entirety of a dragon quest for you to do for seven hours is very up and down it has some of the worst sections in the game. I just, there's some stuff in there that I think the, the, the ocean thing, I almost quit the game. I was like, I could just watch rest of this. Like me too. I'm close enough to the end. I ended up persevering. Um, but I hated the underwater bit I, so much. The underwater bit was funny in that like when I was at the end and before I got to the final frog, I was like, if I run out of water, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, yes. <laughs> it, it, I, I'm currently, if, if I'm just, if this is just a one walk down the ocean, I'll be fine. But if I run out right at the end and go back to the beginning, I'm not, I'm not fucking doing that again. Thankfully I made it and I finished the whole game. Um, yeah. didn't even, you know, didn't, didn't, I played it. I played the whole fucking video game, made it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, um, yeah. The thing is like Earthbound's a game that I played as a child, um, but even uh, Earthbound just has a different vibe where it's going for like a broader, like it's more of a traditional adventure. And the weirdness is the point in a lot of ways. Yes. Where it's like RPGs are so much about this fake fantasy ideal. What if we just implanted that into like 50s Americana? A thing that each way was only nostalgic for because of media he ingested from America in like post-war Japan, right? Um, 
and this is not that this, this game doesn't have that thing that it hinges on and so it ends up feeling um not aimless but it's just one it's a much smaller game uh just in scope um and two i think it takes a long time to get to the thing it wants to be about um to where i kind of feel like it spins its wheels a little but i enjoyed it when it's just like weird goofy guys and things happening yeah, uh, I feel like there's, there's, the, the game's very dense. There's, there's a lot of ideas going on. I don't think it ends up settling on the most interesting ones as it's like theses mm. or theses or whatever. Uh, I, I ended up being like, disappointed is not the, not the right word for the ending, but I was definitely like, okay, sure. Um, when there was, there were so many cool things. Because the thing that was most interesting to me at the, at the start was like, okay, there's going for this, this grand corruption of this world, uh, this primordial world corrupted by like modernism and the, the influence of currency and television. Um, and I was like, because th- there are wrinkles added to you. Like there are wrinkles added. Don't worry. It's not as bad as that, but it, <laughs> for the a good like 10 hours i was like this is a game about the only arabic character in existence coming to town and corrupting it with money and hedonism and sin and yeah like, which is technically not what's happening but it, it takes way too long to get to the reveal that that's not what's happening and not just coming to town like coming to like the american west frontier and corrupting yes, it yes yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really weird and i was like bro you what's going on and then when yeah. it comes back to those ideas at the end it, i actually think it like that's the thing i was like really interested in when it starts suggesting that it's like the form of this new world was itself dictated by like the flaws of the old and nostalgia for a yeah. thing that was the the reveal that everyone's living in a manufactured state of ignorance that like it allows them to be taken advantage of because they choose to like put their heads in the sand right but specifically, the thing for me was like you nostalgia for the American West. Like the, the idea of having a, a town that's like an American West frontier that is corrupted is ludicrous because the American West leads to the modern America. Those two things are like directly yes. connected. You can't have one without the other. And then, like literally, right at the end of the game, they reveal, well, this well, this is why this looking back to the old world is a yes. bad idea. This is this is this is a fake world created in an effort to deny responsibility. Right. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, they, they did address the one thing I was like, surely this is very obvious, but it it's only one little thing at the end of the game and isn't really what the ending hinges on. Uh, that was the thing I found more interesting than the um, Lucas and uh, Klaus fighting. Well, this is the thing, the, the, the introduction of Pork into this, I think, is... So when, just having been online in, like... Um, New Pork City is a Smash Brothers level. I knew Porky was in this game and is the was the I thought Porky was the final boss for years and years and years. He fundamentally is. Um but um I just didn't know what shape that took. I just knew that this was a game about Porky having a major like a huge city in the future or something. <laughs> that um, is a crazy thing to know considering <laughs> Yeah, it takes forever to get there. Yeah. Um but Porky being it's weird cuz he's pitched both like when he's introduces like this outside influence that is like a source of corruption because Pokey's Pokey's like infinitely old, but mostly because he's been time traveling and like messing with science and time, not because he's like lived 10,000 years or maybe he has, but it hasn't, he's not an old man. He is a kid who is like rapidly aged into a decrepit body. Right. Yes. And he's like in a machine. He yes. Is, I mean, the whole thing with Porky is like he is frozen in an instant. Right. Yes. He is um, the, the platonic ideal of Porky and earthbound, uh, like, refusing to change move on grow up do anything but the thing i like about that is that porky is not he's pitched as an outside corrupting influence who came in and just wanted toy people but in reality he is a product of the same civilization that these people used like wanted to get like tried to escape from yes wipe their memory of um and immediately pulls them back in because they were all in they were all like 
their hearts were aligned with being like this anyway. Yes. And I think that stuff's like really, and that stuff itself is um, the desire to like, like hold on to stuff and like, like Porky has a museum of earthbound shit that you drive, that you like take a boat through. Yeah. And it plays the fucking earthbound Yes. And you're like, this rules. Yes. Um, this idea that like enshrining this this thing that was from before is like part of the road to ruin. It is like the fetishization that leads to exploitation and destruction of the present that's all around you. Because um, then you become a, a, you just want to mash your action figures together and you destroy the natural world, right? Yes. <laughs> and I think that stuff is like, it's really on the nose. Like I cannot overemphasize how much it is just like beating you over the head with this but i think it's like pretty good still too right because like each way is just not a cynical writer no no never like you know this game has a um kind of ludicrous uh reputation about this is the darkest nintendo game this will fuck you up man (laughs) Um, and i'm like this game's for kids this game is not just for kids this game is like published in uh hiragana because it's that much for kids (laughs) Um, yes uh, but it's weird because, like, uh, you, you watch the the Super Eye Patch video that opens with the ad of the woman crying, right? So, yes. Um, and like, they so do, even Nintendo yes. doesn't really like like we have this thing that's for kids, and each way made it for kids, but also adults are losing their minds over it. But that in itself, I feel like, is a com- condemnation of like the mother fandom, both in Japan and America. That like this the story that's like this basic morality tale for children is destroying the adults who are just like drawn to it because it represents their own relationship with the old things that they keep holding on to beyond reason which then like infects mother 3 itself because like earthbound is a game for fucking children uh and it's it's beautiful this if i had played that as a kid it would have been deeply meaningful for me i can't imagine for me and i barely remembered it it was like it's always stuck in my brain though and mother 3 has like the same qualities but then it has a can you imagine if you're six and you've not played uh, uh you know earthbound and you're watching the 90 second long Pollyanna boat ride <laughs> through the boat. Yes. Like, what do, you, what do you even think about that? that? That has literally no meaning or purpose beyond yes. uh, what it says in a meta, meta sense about the games before. So this game is itself, like, it's for kids. It, it is uh, made to, like, get those messages across, but is even itself not free of, like, the influence of what it is to, like, ha- have a franchise that continues to hold yeah. on to these ideas. Um, and I think it's telling that, like, mother one and mother two came out in a gba cart around the same time right? yes yes like this is building a game that is directly in conversation with earth like mother two in a way that mother two is not in a it like it has different links to mother one yes but they like, are not like mm-hmm. directly con- talking about the meta discourse around the idea of mother a franchise in the same way yeah and i like all of this stuff is things that have become way more common in franchise media since 2006 Yes. Uh, just due to the nature of the ways in which uh, games and movies and cinema, similar, not similar, similar things, uh, by virtue of like the co- the corporate masters want franchises, and so your instinct is going to be to like discuss what that the games are getting made regardless, so they're going to discuss that, right? Like what happens with Seven Remake and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and Mother Three was like doing all that in two thousand six and. You know, obviously, many things and shows and books have done it before, but it is uh, in video game franchisey stuff is uh, very in conversation with things that are coming out now. Yeah, um, it's weird because like 
we played moon and that's a game from the nineties. Yes. And in many ways is about this exact same thing yes. and doesn't rely on a prior prior games, like boost of like nostalgia to get to the same points. Um, and playing playing both Love Live and Moon in between playing Mother Two and Mother <laughs> Live Alive, very funny. Did I say something else? You said Love Live. Sorry, <laughs> very funny oh. idea. <laughs> um, playing Live Alive and um, and Moon, I just think has been really funny in shaping how not only how I like how familiar I am with this idea, but also like Japanese games have been doing this since since Earthbound came out. Yes. Um, so seeing each way himself circle back around and do kind of the same thing, but with his own like feelings about it is like, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I saw it. I think it's like a pretty well-made story and game, but like it just, it by its nature can't hit for me because I've seen the other games that are doing it. And also this game just has like a mythic status that like, there's a bit when I, like I play games before you for the game club. I usually start immediately and you start like a couple weeks later and uh, I just been tweeting about how I think like chapter two is really annoying and I really don't like this one part, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, just makes this game feel like a video game, just like any other. It's much easier to approach yes. that way. Be- because Mother 3 is, is such a ridiculous mythical status in the West, uh, seeing you complain about like the battles, like, oh, it's, it's a video game, and I'm going to have a, like, a fine time. And I was definitely in the better headspace approach to get the new by seeing you go through it first. Yes. Uh, I was like, it's not an untouchable like sacred artifact that was kept from us. It's just a video game. There's loads of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And watching that bubble get burst as everyone engages with it was very nice as like allows you to like in- engage with it as an actual text and not yeah. as this like holy idea uh of uh video games made in the 2000s also i just want to like briefly say you know you don't want this game localized it, it's it's got a really good translation <laughs> it's got a really good translation um i understand if you're like i think we have a question about this is like um like who are, there's just some people who aren't going to emulate stuff and yes. play fan like rom hacks. And I get that those people really want this. Um, I can't help those people, right? Like you need to get over yourself and play the, the rom hacks and shit. Um, your life will be better if you just play things that you're interested in and not what is put before you by Nintendo of all people. Christ. Uh, they're never putting this out though. Holy shit. Yeah. And I'm literally, I'm, literally there, the seven like Zelda style princesses are like, nebulously gendered masculine characters in dresses that are named after Roma. It's like, you fucking can't do this. I mean, there's the one scene where one of those characters uh, who has a racist name and is doing just stuff with gender that you're like man i don't fucking know guys uh yeah. then it's like because like that particular thing is like fraught but like each is like you know i wanted to carry like duster has a limp like a noticeable limp right um, <laughs> but, literally- and, but each is like i wanted like queer like gay characters or like characters like those he didn't say gay specifically or like duster because i you know i think it's important to have friends who have also or live all sorts of different lives or whatever very like like well-meaning old man lib brain stuff well-meaning old man accidentally says you should have disabled and queer friends that are fucked up yes. <laughs> like yes man um because yeah there's a scene where, where that character then like gives uh lucas's powers by like holding him underwater and doing a puff puff on him it was it was weird i was like yes I, I, what did the nintendo do not touch so like i understand why this game's yeah. never coming out here um, just just a full honeybee in happens and lucas gets psychic powers and i'm like that boy is 10 stop this um, um it's weird because like itoy as i has talked a lot about how um 
his perception of this this game in particular was he really wanted to drive home the idea that like uh lucas and uh kumatora are like characters who are going through puberty and becoming adults and like like the reason that you you get your magic not through leveling up but you get like a fever and start sweating is like the effort of like bodies growing and changing is what causes like people to mature yes um in like spirit as well as like body uh and this is which is like fraught and weird in its own way if you want to you know you can take that any way you want i just think it's interesting like it's done with like an intention about what the story is about um and it's also you know it's also like weird because this is influenced by the um 10-year development cycle like that seems really weird because you know there's a it's a kid uh and it's like weirdly so it's like it's not certainly explicit it's, it's like weirdly charged and loaded in a way you're like what are you doing um but then you look at like some of the uh concept art on the 64 and you're like this game was meant to set it, take place over a 10-year span not a three-year span uh yes you see like <laughs> booby you see fucking cool yeah cool teen lucas and booby kumatora you're like oh and why i'm real glad this game didn't come out this way because this sucks yeah i see i like i'm like all those ideas make one more sense in that game but i'm glad that they didn't like go all the way with them um mm-hmm. because i mean i earthbound 64 the, the the 64 version of mother 3 has like uh its own even more mythic status as the game that wasn't even finished let alone not translated right yes um and having watched a lot of footage of it in the last day and seen yeah. all the stuff around it, on every level, that game would have been worse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. The funny part of it is how fucking bad it looks. And not just like how it looks, obviously, but in like the conception of its scope and possibility space just seems le- it seems bad. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Uh, like the, the original scope was like, 12 chapters and 12 playable characters and just things that would wouldn't even happen on a snes game where you can do things in an abstract they were doing this all in 3d no wonder it took six years and never came out yeah uh, like wild but also yes it's it's aesthetics are terrible um in a way i'm like they're trying but it's the nintendo 64 movie <laughs> kumatora is really weird because she's like a character who's defined by her tomboyness yes um because like you meet her after the time skip and she's like working it out like as a waitress and she's in a dress and no one could rec- literally no one recognized her because she's wearing a dress and looking like a girl. And normally she runs around in like a hoodie and there's like a joke one of the magi make about her being like flat chested or whatever. Um, she's just like the st- most stock ass anime tomboy in all the world. Yes. And we um, we stand. She's great. Yeah, yeah, she's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's just really funny because uh, she like she has as little characters lucas does really like there's like once you're playing as lucas and she's like externalized into like a like and she's working at the restaurant briefly she has a personality but then once she joins your party she goes back to not being a person because your party is not made up of people no people are only like people when they're not in your party yes uh, like buster uh, duster is briefly a person in like chapters chapter one uh not in chapter two because you're playing as him. in chapter two he kind of is because he's he exists to be needled by his like dad by, or by wes mentor yeah i think the duster stuff is like some of i just think he's a cool character i think yes. the story is like a really neat story of like you have this uh your father who teach you taught you all your thief skills and he thinks you kind of suck but in like the like hard loving like fatherly way where like you know he's giving you a hard time because he cares and you're gonna do your best and duster's a character like i said noticeable limp like uh it doesn't like affect anything but he's like he literally goes around the world differently than everyone else like even his like running sprite and everything it's just like it's like i don't think i've ever seen a character who's limping who isn't it's not just for a cutscene, and then later they go back to the normal walk cycle right yeah uh um 
And uh, I just think his story is neat. Um, even though chapter two is the most annoying chapter by a mile, um, it, it's cool to infiltrate a castle on your own and have to deal with all these ghosts. Most of them who just are like, uh, these other guys showed up and they suck too. Could you handle them for us? Because we're just ghosting. Uh, yes. And like the, uh, the castle is the biggest like dungeon in the game. Yeah. There are other dungeons, but they're mostly like three screens big. Yes. Uh, whereas the castle is like a multi-floor mechanic-based. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to got to the volcano uh, at the top of Saturn Village. I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't. I don't want to do a huge like fire dungeon. Screens. It's one room. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. one big room. And like around. an antechamber. Yeah. yeah. Um, y- yes, because the, the game is very small, uh, which makes sense. Because yeah. like, its scale is meant to be like based on time and not based yeah. on space. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a quote from a toy about like RPGs and the first team other games are like road trip games, which is true. That is what RPGs are. They are road trip games. Uh, yes. And Mother 3 is just not. Uh, Mother 3 is about what What does your town look like 10 years down the road? They didn't actually make it 10 years, unfortunately. Um, um, I like that it's only three years. I, I like, I see people, I saw people complain like, oh, 10 years would have been so much better. Yeah. It would have made so much more realistic sense. But there is something evocative of like, of how quick it all goes. You just, it just skips and then you know it's like um the last three years in real life like you know i've lived God. In real life and it's like i the, the thing is we like covid hit you watch a bunch of things shut down and then you're like damn those didn't make it that sucks but now we're in 2022 and the, the like second wave of things that held on for covid but can't survive inflation has hit and it's like damn the ones that i was like i'm glad that one made it they're going under too it's like the world the, the thing is just changing and you thought it was over and you just get hit by a second blow of things just keep changing there's no going back and it fucking sucks yes and that can happen in three years you can have a store and a and a uh you can go from an inn to a hotel and suddenly there's an old folks home where we store our old people because they're not useful anymore um yep and uh that that's just the way in which that's like tied to television existing is really funny and dumb but it's it's like very old man writing in 2006 yeah the happy box thing is one of the like corniest bits in the, it's not mean because it's like oh you'd be what you'd be you know when they when they invented money you'd be watching on your tvs and i'm like thank you yeah. toy for that I, or, like i think the game's handling of the stuff is mostly pretty good all things considered like i said like th- there's the big thing hanging over the game where we're like this is massively racist um in premise are you ever going to address this and they do uh and i was like okay yeah. well done thank you <laughs> thank you for addressing the one obvious thing elephant in the room yeah uh and then there's just a lot of details that i'm like some of these are very corny yes um well yeah uh <laughs> um I guess I, I, that's all I have about the story. I just kind of want to talk about some weird shit in the game that I like. Yeah, I mean, like the, when I think about the story, when I think about like the actual best scenes, I'm not thinking about these these broad big ideas. I'm thinking about like, only five can ladder. <laughs> yeah, so thinking about only five, <laughs> only five can ladder. I'm thinking about um, when uh, uh, Duster leaves the band and the band start playing back in the club while you walk away. <laughs> It's so dramatic and good. Uh, like that is way more moving to me than um, the, when the end of the game when, when your dead mom's like, "Why are you tragic boys fighting?" And uh, I I learned it, it's why ask the development team to specifically develop a method of showing text that would like modulate the speed of text to convey the emotion. Uh, yes. In what I can only describe as uh, developers going completely mad with power, they should not have let him do this, because it just, it like, the end of the game disappears entirely into comedy as, like, 
very normal like rote tragedy sentences are being displayed one letter at a time to really drive home how sad they are i'm like is this meant to be funny <laughs> no it's not it's meant to be like the, the biggest thing in the world and but then mr like... eyepatch wolf wept openly like a little child watching that like, he, he was spitting on his memory <laughs> but like much like earthbound um the the like actual emotional bits the hit are like the runaway the runaway five right like the it's a world of people and things that happen uh rather um, than as much as much as i like uh klaus doing an electric attack to like suicide himself at the very end yes. nothing is as good as you cannot understand the nature of gigas's attack i mean the ending of earthbound is just better in about five million yes. degrees. i think there are little things in mother three that are like it's a tighter game it, it hits different in many ways i think the yeah. dungeons are less annoying um but nothing is as good as you kind of understand the nature of like the darkness in the world and then you walk back home like that's one of the best moments in video games yeah um but um i love the saturn valley and i like the, the thing i like one mr saturns are just great they're, they're, <laughs> they're so good um but it's specifically uh the pig masks who have been like the army that are just causing all the trouble and like they're literally like hitler saluting as like the masked man walks by or whatever this is this is a loaded game sometimes um but they're all also really fans of duster's band and you can often distract them with like the merch yes <laughs> like the, the the commander of them is like this huge like he's like he's he literally a dragon quest character like the big burly guy in dragon oh, quest yes. with the horned helmet he yeah, looks like he's just robin Hood or whatever his name is in yeah the... with a pig mask and if you show him the pamphlet when you do the boss battles, he just won't attack. He'll be like, he'll be so jealous you have merch from the band that he just won't attack for like three turns. It's so good. Um, but those guys, when you get to Saturn Valley, they're like, they've already invaded and they like round up all the Mr. Saturn. There's just a guy outside who's like, this is just a valley. Please don't ask him any more about it. Like, they're just so upset that Mr. Saturns exist because they're whimsical and stupid in the way the pig masks don't like. And I think that's so fucking funny. It is really funny. <laughs> um... Because the pig masks, in that they're guys, they are guys under modern, modern capitalism doing jobs, just kind of don't care about being part of an evil army. Like whenever you can, like when you're in the mine and you're pushing around the claymen or whatever, the pig masks are so like, yeah, do whatever. I don't, I, you know, it, if it means I don't have to do extra work, go right ahead. I don't care. <laughs> yes. Um, they're just lazy guys uh, in a way that's very funny to me. Also, um, their theme rips. I love the pig mask theme. It's really good. <laughs> little horn staying that plays it's just nice it's like oh what if we made like the imperial march jaunty in a way that you're just like yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely is um but i like all that stuff um the part where in the chimera lab where a big chimera comes out and you're doing like a va like a very crappy stealth sequence i think that stuff's really funny it's like horror horror rpg maker games that happened and they're like oh let's put one of these in here for like five minutes <laughs> yes um and uh and dr uh and nuts is there and you're like oh this fucking guy he's like the first thing from earthbound that shows up um and you're like oh this like mad scientist guy who kind of sucked yes um uh no mention of like jeff or anything that whole scene is really funny because like the way it's introduced is like pitch perfect is, is a, like a pig mouse comes up to you and says you should say, save it and whatever you do do not do not talk to the the ultimate chimera do not talk to it do not do not go yeah. there and it like underlines the joke but in a way where you're like okay so i should go and fight it right like you're telling me i should i should fight it because this yeah. guy's saying me so inevitably you're gonna go run into it and just instant death <laughs> yes it's really um, funny 
and then um and also the ultimate chimera is like a really goofy like sprite like it's an enormous sprite on the map it's just like looks like a looks looks like a 90s like advertisement drawing to me like there's just something weird about it yes uh it feels like it comes from like an rpg maker game it's like it's got like outsider art vibes in a way that nothing else in this game typically does um and uh you, you go through the lab and you escape or whatever and then you have to go back and like to talk to dr and nuts and he gives you you have to like empty a pool and he gives you an option of three chimera who can do it <laughs> And they're just so goofy because um, one of them is just like two guys who like who have a bucket and they just pass the bucket between them to like empty this pool. It's so funny. <laughs> they're so goofy. I love those little guys. But then so the thing with the ultimate character doesn't come up again. But in, in the very final dungeon, when you're going up the you're going to the 100th floor of the New Park City Tower and the, the elevator doesn't tell you where you're going. But it's like uh, the voice is like oh, 100th floor or is it? And you just go through like 10, 100 floors. Uh but one of uh, one of them is a maze of like bathroom doors, like going into the bathroom and and uh, you go through and like all of them are either gagged little rooms of toilets or the path in um, and you just go through this maze. There's only one way to go, but the, you know, there's gags and all the other ones. And uh, one of them you go in and the ultimate chimera is just in the bathroom. And as you leave, it like bursts out of the like wall and is just in the hallway now. And you can just leave after that and you don't engage it. You can't fight it, obviously, but like. It's just funny to have it come back. It's a good gag. It is really good. Yeah. Um, the bit where you go in one and there's just an enormous toilet. Love that one. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's just weird. And that's the yeah. thing that like um, Earthbound and Mother 3 have. Oath is the wrong word, but like it is an advantage that these games have over a lot of the um, uh, influences is that they're fucking made by Nintendo. Uh, so they can... It's it's it has a robust battle system and it can do these jokes because it has the ability to like it has the access to resources to make enough one-off content for punchlines, which is yes. often the bottleneck on these kind of games is like making enough stuff to fill the space. This game well, yeah. has a whole dev team across twelve years of ridiculous like at one yeah. point its scope was one of the biggest three D RPGs of its era. Um yeah. and it was reined in, even that was like you know, ridiculous idea even for Nintendo, but like it does mean that there can just be funny gags constantly in a way that is very difficult uh for um like the RPG maker and other such games. Well, the, that came the, up thing, to. the thing about the RPG maker games is you either get a game with like good battle system ideas or you get a like three hour game with a couple good gags, but you never get both. No. And this game just has both. And it's not for, I'm not like saying, oh, you know, it is purely a access to resources and production yes. abilities. Yes. It is just like, this is what it is to have the resources that Itoy has available to him and the mm -hmm. Brandy Brown has. Like it's just a, a different world of, uh, in compared to independent production. Yes. Uh, I love the rope snakes arc of oh, being so useless and wants to be useful again and still fucks it up. It and it's it like, it's again. all right, snake. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> you just can't, you look, a snake just can't hold four people's weight on a rope ladder with its jaw. It's just not going to happen. I, I bet it will this time though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your fault. Don't worry about it. Um, I love that the, the, the oxygen machines are just mermaids. They're yes, just mermaids. They're just mermaids. <laughs> These labeled themselves oxygen machines and the pig masks are like upset about it. Um, when you, cause like when you, there's underwater sequence, you have to cross, you have to just walk into the ocean underwater to reach like an Island. And uh, for some reason you don't float and can't swim. So you're walking at the bottom and you have to get oxygen that runs down by like 
getting kissed by these mermaids who are labeled as oxygen machines. And there's a whole animation where all four of your party members get kissed and then like oxygen blown into their lungs. And then everyone blushes, but Duster, who doesn't care, he's not bothered by this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I think is just a cute touch because uh, Kumatora and Lucas are blushing furiously. Even Boney, I think, is. And Duster doesn't care. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just goofy and good. Um, I, uh, whenever it's that stuff, I'm like, man, this game's just really neat. Uh, it's got a ton of like really beautiful sprite animation. Like the most notable one is like really early on in, in chapter one where you're Flint, there's a whole sequence where he finds out Hinawa's died and everyone's huddled around a fire and he grabs a burning like log out of the fire and starts swinging it around. And it's just all like bespoke animation of this man going through these, this like, anger and despair of grief that's only used in this one bit never again and it's like man this is what happens in your nintendo you can just fucking go for it yes but without like it doesn't break the like style like it's not like it's a cutscene, right like it's just in the end like the way that the rest of the game looks uh this is just like a thing that i think is true about rpgs and why this is the level of abstraction i think they work best at mm-hmm. or maybe you get to like ff7 which is the one of the only literally one of the only games to do this in 3d right of this kind of mm-hmm. sprite extraction yeah uh but like when I, I i talk about that one scene you know where he <laughs> they walk away as they go and play in the club and i imagine what that scene looks like on a nintendo 64 and it's it's bad <laughs> yeah. like imagining the world in which this game came out like next to final fantasy 7 is so fucking funny it's so funny because the reason that scene is good and other scenes in the game of like that they are evocative you get an evocative sprite animation a good uh, piece of text uh, and a good song and they you know cut together to create something affecting that is like the heart of 2d rpg uh, narrative design um and the world where that's like a fully 3d models and it has to load longer to cut between locations i can't even imagine that <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have load times in the same way because it's a 64 cartridge, but yes. I guess the 64 cartridge is not... Qu- I mean, but it, it was going on the DD. When it was a, when it was a D- well, yeah, it went, it went from 64 to DD back to 64, uh, which is a nightmare, but yes. Because even in Japan, the 64 DD is a huge flop. They really, once the um, once the DD flopped, they really should have just been like, okay, this game's never coming out. They, they did another two years somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Wild. Wild. Yeah. Um... But um, yeah, that stuff's uh, when it's just the, the the one-off stuff. I think that stuff's really neat and cool, and that's what I like. Whenever you have to do the dance to open the gates, I'm like, fuck, man, you can just do anything. <laughs> yes, no, that's the thing that um is like the the true strength of uh, Earthbound uh, and this game, and a thing that I'm just impressed with on any uh, of these kind of stories where there's like an absurdist logic to things that like somehow still holds together. Like this is also like adventure games have it. Like Monkey Island is uh, another thing that all. You know, I, I, I'm not as experienced in the era. I'm gesturing to you to tell me if I'm right or not because I've not really played them. But like games that are holding together with logic, and it it, sh- it should just not be good. It should just be you've just said two things that are absurdist and mean nothing, but they're actually somehow good. I I like the rope, right? I like yeah. when there's weird things. It all it just is by virtue of being good holds together, even if uh, in like a top level thing, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I think like th- a lot of these jokes get put onto like the enemies, which are really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's like 
enemies that will fight each other or react to each other or have goofy uh like about the thing where you, if you show the pig mask, the the band merch, they they don't attack. Like there's a lot of neat stuff like that. Yes. Um. Just cool. Uh, I don't know. I think this game's like full of like small surprises around the edges. Um. The thing is like, there's a whole thriving community that existed in 2006 and exists to this day that do these things in games. Um. Which is not to sell this one short. It's it's a miracle that Nintendo in two even in 2006 made this video game. Um, it's just not singular and that's fine. <laughs> yes. It is a game that at least in, in the West is, um, harmed by its ludicrous reputation. Yes. It is only a result of its like material situation, right? Like it's because yeah, yeah. it wasn't released. Um, which is, is fine. Like, you know, that just happens. Um, but it definitely like, we played moon, right? We, we had a good time with moon. Um, and that is another that was released here. Uh, wait, was it was released here? Was it? No, it wasn't released. I here. don't think so. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, yeah. no. But like, um, Moon is a similar game when it is talked about in like this is a a cult classic uh, that was like experimenting with RPG ideas and doing all these unique things and it was an incredible style. Um, but Mother Three just gets like. It's not that it's like a dark and weird game, right? It is that it is a dark and weird game made by Nintendo. That is like part of its myth making, yes. which then it's strange with how, with the way, with the themes of the game and what the game is about, that ends up being like furthering into the idea that like in Mother 3's own logic and argument, the video game Mother 3 is an evil thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we should just set ourselves free from it. So like, I'm my- like mythologizing it is exactly what the game doesn't want you to do. But, like, the era in which Mother, like, Mother 3 for Nintendo 64 is in development is, like, the same time that, like, Animal Crossing and Majora's Mask were being made. And those are also, yes, cutesy games with dark themes inside them that Nintendo was making. Like, this is just, you know, it's not even, it's not even singular among Nintendo games. Uh, no, I guess it's not. But it is, like, but even, I mean, those are deeply, deeply beloved games. I mean, the Nintendo yeah. corporate stamp gives it, a, like, prestige. Yes. Where, yeah, like... Yeah the fact that it has serious ideas and themes and content is taken as more interesting than if it just came from a random studio. Yeah. Um, The actual corniest thing in the entire game is that after you've finally completed the game, the full Mother 3 logo is shown, but it's all wood now instead of wood with mostly metal with some bits of wood. Yeah. Yeah. Return to nature, Mother 3. It's like, (laughs) fuck off. Yeah. the stuff with the ending so weird and the other the stuff i really like about it but i think it ends up like hitting it from kind of bo- boring angle like the fact that the actual stuff with porky despite how interesting it is and like the specificity ultimately boils down to like a villain saying i think humans are destined to destroy themselves i'm a jrpg villain and you going i believe in love is like we're doing it again this game was better than that come on you had like specific ideas and there's like some stuff about like Lucas believes in love specifically because of Hinawa, but I don't think it doesn't. I don't think it spends enough time on that stuff. No, I mean Hinawa. I wish. I wish like the part. I wish chapter six was more meaningful. Like ultimately, like it's a really striking little sequence where um, you're like tossed aside from your party and you're in a field of sunflowers, um, and you just you walk around, you meet Boney, and then you see Hinawa's ghost, and it leads like she leads you to a cliff, and you reach for her and you fall off the cliff and into the next area of the game. But, like, there should be more about 
with Flint gone, Lucas is like looking for it. Like Lucas, the way the game's pitched is like Lucas basically self-parents because Flint is too lost in his grief trying to look for Klaus. And he goes to Hinawa's grave every day, right? Yes. Um, but the, I don't think the game does enough with that stuff because Lucas isn't a character because it's a silent protagonist game. Yeah, it's really strange. And and I like I, I, I like it, but the Hinawa stuff is frustrating in that it's like the uh, you know, motherly... Uh, deeply important feminism feminine not feminism uh like this feminine figure is destroyed and that is what brings about the corruption of the world and only with the guidance of of like pure femininity can um the uh the boys figure out not to do violence it just it, i mean like you said with the, the now the, na- the now the return to nature the logos would again it just feels like leaning into really regressive idea regressive versions of ideas i think are really good throughout the game but in its broad sense it's like the the magic dead mum will save us and teach us not to do violence and i think that's fucking boring and stupid um because it doesn't it doesn't give her any more specificity she's not a character she's like an ideal representation of perfect womanhood and perfect womanhood yeah. is being kind to her husband and being caring to her kids. That is like what a perfect person is. Like, like you could, I, I, I don't think this. I think this game's really good, but you could really go in and like tear this game apart for some of the like regressive ideas about how it holds these things up. I think it's mostly a delightful game, but I, I think there are definitely frustrating things in it with how it frames this stuff. <laughs>
If you'd like to send in emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. We've got a bunch of emails, but that's all right. A lot of them are short, I think. So we're going to go through them. Some of them are from a while ago. Um, this one is from uh, Andrew. Um, listening to episode 114, uh, you compared Kadelka to Resident Evil, which made me remember that Resident Evil is based on a JRPG from the NES called Sweet Home. And Kadelka, that's also based on a movie called Sweet Home, uh, for the record. But Kadelka is basically a PS1 version of that game. It made me appreciate it far more. Um, have you ever suddenly gained an appreciation for a game you played long ago because of revelations like this and how they connect their time? I mean, having when I played Devil May Cry, having already played, like after having played Resident Evil, I'm like, oh, fuck, right. This thing. Incredible. Yes. Which I did not the first time I played Devil May Cry. Um, I had not. I don't think I'd played a Resident Evil before. First time I played Devil May Cry. Um, I don't. One of those for me. I don't have. This isn't really like gaining appreciation. It wouldn't like change my opinion on them. But I played Binding of Isaac when it was out, right? And I hadn't really played that many video games other than 360 games. I was not aware of wider context. Um, and then like I eventually played Zelda one and was like, wait, wait a second. This is Binding mm. of Isaac Zelda. And it's just like a very obvious thing to anyone who's ever thought of that. But because I just hadn't, yeah. just didn't know that history, it was like a real click into place moment. Yeah. Um, Handpicked Dad writes in, what studio era Hollywood films could do with a video game adaptation? Um, I mean, like pre, 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 pre African 60s. Queen. African <laughs> Queen needs a video game. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd watch that. I'd play that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's just it's just like Spy Hunter with a boat. <laughs> yes, God. Um. Uh, Spikles writes in. Uh, <laughs> Square Enix having sold half their portfolio for Dave and Buster's blockchain tokens need new sources of revenue. Final Fantasy Seven already has another fifty side projects, so it's time to milk Final Fantasy Ten. And if normal mapping is in charge, what are you making? I mean, the odds is 10-3, but like, oh, here's another thing I did this month. I went and read the ten, the, the 10 sequel novel and watched the audio play finally. Was it bad? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. You told me a little bit about it and I forgot entirely other than Sin's back, right? Which is the one thing you can't do. Uh, um, yeah, so the thing I knew... Spoilers for Final Fantasy X here a little bit, sorry. Uh, um, the thing I knew is that Titus kicks a, uh, a blissful bomb and dies and his head comes off. Um, what? <laughs> That happens, but that's like chapter three. That's like early. <laughs> Who cares? Why? Why did? Why even do that? Um, because he then comes back again, again from like death. Like he. Okay, you well, know yeah. how, you, the, the idea that Titus is even in a state where he could be like bodily killed is like up in the air by the end of. Final no, no, no. Turn. That's why they have to kill him again so that he can. They they kill him to bring him back in a new way, which is a new way of bringing things back. Where like, which gestures on what the new version of ten sequel stuff would be about, which is this like version of remembering that brings things back whole. Like people remembering sin and being nostalgic for sin has brought sin back as like an entity, and that's oh, where they hmm. leave off. It's I like, can see you could work with that. Yeah, there's more. It's not just like sin is back. It is like people. A, a entity exists to manifest memories in a way that's like people remember sin so sin is now real people remember titus who wasn't real and now he is like a real person and what does that I, mean 
Um, I think this treads dangerously close to like this is why Tolkien didn't write a sequel to Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think they're going to follow this up. It's not like it is bad. I, I think that Sin being like it literally ends with Yuna going, and now I have must defeat Sin. But it is definitely played in a very dark like the people have their hearts have led to the same mistakes thing. Um, it's whatever. Anyway, I wouldn't do that. My point is that they, like that, my I think yeah. my version of this is like. Waka and Lulu's kid yes. as a young, like at coming of age, um, mother doesn't give a shit is just a cynical lady. Father's like deeply religious, but also was around when you fucking killed God and the Pope. Um, no, 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 no. He didn't like, kill the Pope. The Pope found the Pope out God himself, was dead. Yes. The Pope found out God was dead and ceased to exist. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, but um, navigating a space where, um, there's a new church and you know god's dead because your dad killed him i do and... like final fantasy 10 too you're right i do <laughs> yeah and like what is the what is the shape of new faith and like what is uh how do like how does someone who isn't wasn't isn't around for 10 2 but he's like growing up in a world that's shaped by all the shit that happened in 10 2 deal with the fact that like nuge is old and still around and fucking things up right <laughs> god i bet he is as well <laughs> yeah that's the thing is that like the the modern 10 revival stuff is all about Titus and Yuna and like because that's where they like the fandom is and it is consciously much like the seven stuff redoing old things with like a dark tinge to like why do we must always redo the same things uh but because 10 2 exists and we love it we're like it's far more interesting as to what effect Nuge has on the world as compared to Yuna <laughs> because Yuna's just like you know this hero who knows things and will do make the right decisions and make these brave choices to put the world in the right path but nuge is just a fucking annoying guy who keeps hanging around and pushing the world in certain directions like i care about nuge <laughs> no one else cares about nuge in 2022 yeah uh yes no i i agree i would also just it, i feel like i feel like that game makes itself it's so clear in my mind um if i if i could genuinely have one wish to uh, to make a game for, for Square Enix, like, and it would be 10-3. It wouldn't just be 10-3. It'd be, okay, trailer goes down, and you. it's like the 10, uh, you know, um, HD version, and oh. you just realize there's new levels. It's, they've kept the back, you know, you take the backgrounds they used to make the HD version and just make a new game in the 10 engine. Uh, I think yeah. that would be, that would be the peak for me, but obviously, you know, that is the universe I was afforded by by this question, so that's what I answer. <laughs> uh rowan writes in what's your favorite weird niche game that you spent a ton of time in but feel like no one else knows about mine is uh playing Yu-Gi-Oh! duelist of the roses um and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i've heard that come up in the last little while by someone um the thing the thing about coming online is realizing that your niche game is has a whole fandom that you just didn't know about yes um, always because one of one of my biggest niche games growing up was brave friends of musashi fucking loved it no one even talked about it Rattles now also those are popular games like they're square that's square and capcom no, people know about both those games you're like oh my niche game is brave fence musashi listen to yourself Oh, so I thought about this a little bit. And the answer that I have is a SNES game my brother had that's like a Mario Kart ripoff called Street Racer. It's an Ubisoft title. Um, there was just a kart racer, mode seven. I <coughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Dying. No water. <coughs> Gosh, I won't remember to cut this out, so apologies. <laughs> um uh, it, it, um, it, it just moved way faster than Mario Kart, uh, but it was just a Mario Kart ripoff. Like one of the races, like a Frankenstein man. Uh, I just played a lot of it. That's all. That's mine. I'm trying to think of one that, that I have. I don't have like that many. 
Um, I, I, I don't have a good one. I'm like, what game? I know there are some, right? There are games I've played that not everyone has played. Uh, but generally, you know, I, I the the things the 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 big ones are popular, and there are some smaller indie games I like. But um, I don't have like a here's the here's this weird small niche thing that I'm like passionate for that doesn't have a fan base, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, because like, uh, like there are many games like we've played here that we really really like. Like I remember playing what's that game that um that no one played that we that we covered. Uh, with the, the dots. There's a lot of those. With the the, the, the one with the dots. The oh, expand. Expand. Yeah, that's a cool game that I really like. Yeah. Maybe like 200 people played that. Um, ah, a little more than that, but you know what I mean, right? But I don't think yeah. that is in the spirit of this question, and I don't have a good answer because yeah. I only had an Xbox as a kid. Um, Modern writes in. I was recently browsing the Square Enix online store and was surprised to see uh, new PS2 copies of Final Fantasy 10 through 12, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, bad remake of GBA game. Oh, chain. Uh, yes. Re- Free chain of memories or whatever for sale. Uh, I remember a, lo- a while back they even had PS1 copies of Final Fantasy IX and Chrono Cross. Uh, are there other companies that unsold stock of games for old systems? But you, um, sorry, the question is: Have you ever come across something shopping and makes you go, "Why do they still have this?" And my firm memory is being in Walmart and seeing the Famicom Game Boy Micros were like down to like fifty bucks a piece, and going, "Who want? No one wants a Game Boy Micro. I'm not buying one of these." You bring this up every six months and you say to yourself i could have had a game boy micro for 50 bucks i don't even want a game boy micro but i've never owned one and now they're incredibly expensive and it's hard to find ones that are in good condition because they were the cheap game boy mic they were the cheap game boy for small children so they were just beat to fuck uh so you know what are you gonna do uh i there was a period in the um it's probably early on in us doing this podcast, like early, early teens, um, where I was like, I'm going to get every like gettable uh, Atlas game. I like you Persona or Super Gummy Tensei specifically. You were uh, doing this. Yes, I've sold them all now. <laughs> but um, they they were just reprinting like all of the PS2 like SMT games with regularity. Yeah, I mean, like when Automata came out, they reprinted Nier, right? Like there are some yeah. old Japanese games that will just get reprinted. Uh, yeah. Even on old consoles, it makes more sense in Japan when you learn about, like, generally speaking, uh, the conditions of both the games and the consoles last longer. <laughs> the West yeah. just beats up their fucking consoles. It's <laughs> the true yeah. thing about the used game market. Yeah. Uh, Andrew writes in, listening to episode 85 and you played some Oberdin music, which is always a treat to hear. Yeah, Oberdin has great music. Anyway, that would have been a near perfect game for me, except for the frustrating way it rushes you through each scene the first time you experience them. What game can you think that is amazing except for one glaring issue that you can't believe wasn't eliminated in playtesting, at the very least patched out later? I mean, for me, this is Dead Rising, but it's the point that Jackson likes about Dead Rising, so you know what you gotta do. Stupid people tweets. I think, I think this is true. I think this is true in uh, Oberdin also. I think this is just part of the game, and taking it out would make the game less good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good one of these. Like... There's definitely some. There's like one that's right on the tip of my mind. Um, like, you know, let's say every single Team Ninja game developed in the last five years has a goddamn awful loot system that they shat on top of it all. Why does Neo have that loot system ruining the game? Yeah. Um, as an example. Again, this is literally like, to them, this is a key selling point. So, you know, this is just like taste at that point. Yes, but this, that's definitely one that I, uh, is up there for me. Of like any game with a stupid loot system on top of what it could have been a perfect video game. Um, uh, Casey writes in 
Uh, they call it Mother 3 because you leak that it's going to be announced three times and walk away. Thank you. How do you feel about the prominence in which New Park City is given in Smash games, even divorced from the fact that people in the West would have no legitimate context for it? Does it take something away from someone going into the game? Like I said, this is New Park City being a big, porky-themed New York uh, was the one thing I knew about Smash. And I've seen, like, I, I've seen the trophy of Porky in the hospital bed that's like a spider. And I was like, oh, that's going to be fucking weird. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I feel like it oversold how, like, big and important New York, New Pork City is because it's, like, two streets. It's, like, a Disney World subsection of a of a city. It's not real. It's, like, the whole point is that it's fake. And the Smash stage does not sell the part where you go there and, like, it's, like, all the world cultures mashed together, but everything gets one, like, lawn ornament and that's it. <laughs> yes. Um, it's so tacky and bad in like a way that the smash stage does not sell. Um, like, I was so kind of surprised by it. New book City is such a good location of like, this is the ultimate commodification of all natural life and identity and culture. It's not, it's all yes. nothing. Everything's become nothing. Very clear metaphor. Yes. Uh, good stuff. I did not know the new book city was in smash. I genuinely can't answer this. I d- had no idea about new book city. Yep. Um, writes in, uh, what games would you select for a GBA classic console? Just three, no crossovers between our lists. One of yours must be a deep cut by whatever metric you want to make a deep cut. I don't have enough GBA context. You're the one who had a GBA at the time. I've only had ever had a new one. List three GBA games you like. Well, well I mean, I've only played, I've only played, um, Circle of the Moon, but I, I will say a Castlevania, I guess that one now, but it will probably yep. be Aria of Sorrow by the time I'm done with that one, right? Okay. Like, those are games I love, and we'd want one of those in it. Uh, Alright. Fucking Pokemon. Uh, yep. And then a Deep Cut. I don't even know what Deep Cuts are on the Game Boy Advance. Like, what do you want? I played a, I played a terrible Beyblade game at one point. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't have a Game Boy Advance as a, as a, as a kid. I don't know the Deep Cuts. Uh, I think I'd put Kuro 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 in, um, which is a launch title, and I guess counts as a deep cut, but man, fucking rips. Everyone loves Kuro Kuro Kuro. Um, I think I would put, um, you've played WarioWare and Rhythm Heaven Silver. You could pick one of those. Easy. They're not deep cut for Nintendo games. I know, but you could pick one of them. I mean, Rhythm Heaven, Rhythm Heaven going on this list. I, like, yes, uh, Rhythm Tango goes on this um, list then, but, uh. I would put, uh, I would put, um, Drill Dozer, which is a GBA game that fucking rips. Um, I'm just trying to go like obscure since you don't have it. Um, in that I, way, I just don't just have the context. Um, and then I want to put like Densetsu Mustafi, but I think I I think I'm gonna go with Gunstar Superheroes, which I know everyone. There are multiple people yelling at me when I say this, but Gunstar Superheroes is better than Gunstar Heroes. I just think this is true to me. I like it more. Um, no one, no one agrees with me. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But it's cool. It's a cool game. Yeah. They're not going to make one of these also, by the way. Well, no. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, a very fine cat writes in, uh, I spent enough time in Earthbound fan communities in the late 90s and early aughts. I still think of Mother 3 as the weird upstart in the scene in some ways. When it finally came out, I imported the collector's edition, the sick Game Boy Micro, and brute forced my way through the game thanks to a uh, like a translation guide, which is still online to Game FAQs. Um <laughs> Afterwards, I pieced together the parts of the plot. I didn't get otherwise through forum posts. Didn't end up playing the fan translation until not too many years ago. Are there any games you brute forced your way through despite them not being in a language you understood? Or else are there any games you managed to force your way through while ignoring some kind of core mechanic or system, whether on purpose or due to not understanding it? I've done that many times. If you've got an RPG with like a weird like gem socketing system, chances are I didn't bother engaging with it. 
<laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. There are many times I'll just ignore half the game. Yeah, um, but I've never, I've never done this for uh, untranslated. Oh, games. the w- one that's really funny is um, there was a video that you posted about the person who hundred percent at Hyrule Warriors, and the thing that they had the most trouble with was the weird fairy system. I played that entire game, didn't touch the fairy system once. Yeah, that that yeah, that's a very famous channel, the completion sort of. Yeah. But like those videos or whatever they're fine big online creator guy normal stuff that video it's specifically is so funny it's like the descent into hell yeah because uh, it's not um, just a game it's like three games across four years where they've just stacked shit on small stuff of more shit that just yes oh nightmare um so i played kuro in japanese obviously and i played um rhythm tengoku in japanese i have a japanese cart that i've played but i played it on an emulator too before um and uh i think that and there's probably a couple more but like i've played games in japanese but usually their games where all i've got to do is navigate a menu i've like i imported i have a psp copy of uh a taiko no tatsujin and a psp gun game that are in uh, no that one i think is in english actually um but i have games that are in japanese but they're mostly like you just figure out if as long as you remember that circles advance and x is back out you can kind of muddle your way through i just um the import the import scene kind of hits at a part time where I wasn't playing a lot of games that would be like those. I was more interested in them both before I had means to do that and after I had means to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I like I guess you've reminded me of one. I've played like Owen Dan, right? Like not Elite Behaviors. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah. You, you know you just go through the menus and do the song. <laughs> yep. Uh, doesn't does not need a translation patch. Yep. Uh, Rick writes in, do you like needle drops in games? Should more different types of games use needle drops? I keep imagining a phase change in a Souls boss happens and a real sick beat starts playing. This wouldn't happen in Souls, but I do think that the problem with this is the game developers almost universally, when they having to agree and clear it with legal, have the world's worst taste in music. I mean, yeah, so like needle drops as a concept are dying because of um, the like private equity rush on music catalogs. Uh like across the board music licensing is one of the things that has become exponentially more expensive is going to not entirely disappear from culture uh but definitely be less prominent in like movies and tv right uh which is i think the real shame because i'd love a needle drop needle drops are always good uh unfortunately the choices are often bad whenever they do make it into games but then again we just had a final fantasy game have a frank sinatra song and that was pretty sick so you know um yeah my thing is like i think about the opening uh like credit sequences to tales from the borderlands and I'm like you can make this work you can fl- there, there's no reason this shouldn't work um yes the opening episode five is just one of the coolest fucking music drops in all video games um it just they, they just don't do it very well it, it's weird that it's so rare um mm-hmm. but like the people who i think would do it well don't have the money to buy like songs right no and then the other side is like when you put music drops in songs you have in games you then have to like be able to edit them out for um twitch streaming because that's a you know like multiple awful industries are overlapping on top of each other yes. to disincentivize putting any licensed music in a video game yep uh dcms this is from thomas dcmc is an amazing band are they the greatest band in video game history if not who is i mean they're pretty good um but are they the runaway five i mean they're not the runaway five no uh they're not they're not kk slider or dj kk if you count he's not a band he's a he's a musician but 
um, I count him in both of his incarnations, him and his uh, Chris Gaines version. Um, <laughs> uh, I like the I like the Indigo Goes from Majora's Mask. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Runaway Five is probably uh, if it's not KK Slider, it's the it's the Runaway Five. I the Blues Brothers are just cooler to me than a fake like ACDC. <laughs> yes. I don't like ACDC in real life. I like I like this game, but like yeah, the Runaway Five is so good. It's one of the best parts of Earthbound. Yeah. Uh, Dia writes it uh, with a hellscape of emojis as usual. Thank you, Dia. Um, can a video game replace mom? Who makes a better mother? Uh, two or three. Okay. Two. It's weird because, like, playing this game, I was like, "Oh, right. The series is technically about mothers." This, this, like, I think this is more true in like Mother One uh, and Mother Three. I just don't see it in Mother Two as much. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I don't really know. I like, I know the name is like it's about like you know you have a mother in the game. It's about childhood, and also the mother is Earth, right? Like, yeah, I get it. The Earth is in the logo. Um. But I never like thought about it that deeply. I guess I don't. I don't know. I don't know what like the broad theory of motherhood is. Yeah. And the the ideas in in like in this game, I think, are some of the weakest stuff. When it leans into like, oh, one of the actual best things that I barely bears mention, the cafe in uh, New Park City. Uh, everything is a it, all the like staff are robots of Porky's mom. And it's fucked up. <laughs> it's fucked up. Because <laughs> uh, she's a horrible lady anyway. Like a huge, awful like HR puff and stuff mouth. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, uh, Gamer writes, and I have a strong sense of memory of crying at the end of this game, which, while in a strange to me part of the world and helps make this game special to me, do you have games you played in unfamiliar spaces that change how you remember and feel about them? Um, Everything game I played in college is, like, deeply burned into my brain, which is, like, all the Resident Evils, uh, Pokemon Emerald and Fire Red and, um, Chain of Memories and stuff like that. Uh, Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2 I played in college. Um, uh, yeah, there's like a couple of games I played in like specific transitory periods of my life. Like I played God of War while living at my um, sister's house before I could move into my new house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did all those uh, articles and stuff. So like, th- I do have sense memories, but because of like, because I'm playing the games usually on the TV on my sofa. Uh, yes. Like not not re- like I have intense sense memories like where I was listening to podcasts on what commutes right like. Uh, that's my th- my usual thing. Um, don't, don't have it so much with games, but sometimes I do. Like, I played I played the first three Ace Attorney games in uh, this terrible job I had after I dropped out of college, where I would just like I'd go into the break room and play that, and because I got off work before my mom, we worked at the same place, which is a terrible idea. Don't ever do. Oh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> so I had like an hour and a half to kill before she got off work, where I would just sit and play Ace Attorney every day. Hmm like a lot of emotions around having that that being a true thing in my life uh um, I, yeah i bet yeah um all right uh jackson writes in not you what no the jackson. fuck uh why do you think people want nintendo to release mother 3 again would it be that different than just being able to play the game on an emulator well i think i said i think some people just aren't emulating games and it's weird because i think that this is like well, one, it's Americans. It's fucking Americans don't know how to steal things properly anymore. And I throw our whole country in a fire for it. Um, I think like somewhere between like Netflix and like downloadable games, 
the kids just don't know how to get stuff anymore. It's fucked up. And it's not any other country because they don't have like Netflix doesn't cater to them. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, like even like in the UK, everyone in the UK was torrenting God of, uh, not God of War, Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's how you had to get it. Um, and, um, you know, I think that um, hopefully that'll just change as like these services become more fractured. You just got to learn. Like no one has the money to sign up for everything. So you, you just got to learn to steal shit. Um, and I think part of it is just like they want Nintendo to acknowledge that the thing they like is real and good. The, the thing I will tell you is modern Nintendo. I mean, this is probably true in 2006 too. I mean, I know for a fact, historically it was. Nintendo is a company that sucks a lot of the time. You, you don't need them to justify anything for you or to you. No, Nintendo is so evil. They're so yeah. evil. But like Nintendo people are the Disney people video games. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, nice. there's no fixing it. Um, the Master DS. Is that like the Master of Masters, but the before a touchscreen? I just making fun of your name a little bit. Sorry. It's just a cool name. I'm like, oh, like you wear a hoodie and play DS all the time. Like, you're probably pretty cool, actually. Um, the Master DS never has to say glasses, glasses a second time. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The, when you're the, the Dr. Kashima brain training game, when the fucking devil, when you blue, oh, right, blue. Yes, yes. <laughs> when I first played mother three, it was before the fan translation patch. So I had to use a, a translation FAQ. Um, whatever anyone said anything, I had to check the FAQ. Have you ever played an all game this way? Nothing with story. No, no, no. Um, let's see. Um, this person doesn't have a name on their thing. It's just like A. It just says A. So just A writes in. Um, there's this inter- For me, there's this interesting cruel streak to Mother 3 for like in the Salsa chapter, uh, especially, but also at the game. Uh, partly the story is like a liberal read about how capitalism corrupts social relations between people. Like I said, there's wrinkles to that. Um, but even in the early chapters, the resonance of ta- Tasmali kind of sucks. Sometimes amusingly, sometimes in ways that freaked me out a little bit. Again, on purpose, I think, ultimately. Um Criticism I've seen from some games that take inspiration from Earthbound is that their writing is too edgy, cynical, mean, or online in comparison. At the same time, there's a style of wholesome games writing that can feel overly twee, sanitized, or condescending. Uh, there's a bit about how wholesome games as a category is a mess, but yep. Uh, what do you think about the quiet meanness of Mother 3? If you agree that it's there, uh, does it tell us anything about the reputation of the Mother series? Uh, and is there anything about how other contemporary creators are in dialogue with it or how it helps construct the wholesome genre? I do think Mother, like, Earthbound being a touchdown on Mother 3 not for a lot of creators is probably like part of like what people perceive when they think of wholesome games. I think it's yes. people who haven't gone back to Animal Crossing but remember like original Animal Crossing but remember playing Animal Crossing. Like that game is like normal. It has like tonal differences. It's not just like warm fuzzies. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, this I the thing with the Mother Three is I think I think that its its weirdness and meanness is part of just Etoy. Just he is he is an earnest character. He's like an earnest writer, but I think he's trying to write things that are like realist but fantastical, right? He's not trying to write a game about a warm fuzz. Like he is trying to write. Tam Tesnally is meant to be like a warm fuzzy town where you grew up, but it's also meant to be a place that. Ha- has the capacity to fall apart because the people don't do enough and they don't think about where they are in their life and they're willing to like sign up for what money is um and all things have to be true even before uh facade shows up yes um and i think that's like intentional in how the the game works um 
like one of the goofiest lines in the game and it's it has to be on purpose is i found hey uh flint i found this really cool uh draco fang it's gonna be a great knife for you you know how i know that uh because i pulled it out of your wife's heart <laughs> when she was dying um yeah and it's just like everyone is like childlike to the point of being infuriating on purpose uh yes that bit so that's uh, that's sort of strange and destructive bit about the game in that like it's a weird line uh it treats the like actual plot point deathly seriously um but the way it actually comes about is like one of the biggest laugh out loud moments in the whole game <laughs> yes yep um yusuf writes in uh mother two and three are games i just feel warm about uh i my knee-jerk reaction is to attribute this to itoy's voice but the warmth pervades even aspects of design you might not have been hands-on for are there any other games that capture that warm feeling for you all um i feel this way about um God damn it. I feel this way about Bright Fancy Masashi. <laughs> I guess you do. I do. Uh, I feel this way about Animal Crossing at its best. Um, for sure. There is just like a, it's nice to just check out. Whenever there's a game where you're like, I want to talk to that NPC to see what they have to say. I think that's like a rare magical thing. It's so hard to do. And I think both these games do that really well. Yeah, I mean, this is like the only answer, even more obvious than Earthbound on some level. Um, but Dragon Quest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it, I do it, think Dragon Quest. The thing with Dragon Quest is, I think it doesn't sustain it evenly throughout the game in the way that something like this does, because you're going to different towns mm-hmm. and different towns have different characters, and some you know you just don't like them all, right? I mean, this is I've I've only played the NES games. Right? I've played like the yeah, yeah. very quick modern releases of the NES games where I'm just like going from town to town and enjoying the stuff. I have yeah. I don't know how this will like keep up when I'm playing like 90 hour RPGs with monster grinding mechanics yeah. and yeah. what have you. Um, but it's definitely like you know, Mother is a Dragon Quest because Dragon Quest is already a series about like going to charming places and meeting weird NPCs. Yeah, anytime I get to go to Fisherman's Horizon and just hang out, that's a warm space. That's I think so Final Fantasy VIII has a ton of warm spaces. Like, I think that's true. I think like Wind Hills. I think Balm Garden has like this like lazy summer day feel to it, despite the fact that it's like a very sterile school that's just like really nice. Um, you know, like Squall wakes up with the curtain blowing it like for the open window in his like hospital bed. That shit's good, man. Fucking Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> Society, if. Uh, my summer vacation localized and then uh, we're getting we a, a question we're... somewhere in there yes i mean i was like oh my answer is summer vacation my summer vacation <laughs> I, I know we're getting um someone's working on uh, the first game oh um, are they fuck yes I, there was there was announced someone's doing that we've uh, got it we've got to drop everything to game club well, once, once that's out once they that fashion yeah. license done yes uh yeah. absolutely because man my my the thing i'm most sad about that is obviously the ps3 game because it just like it looks like nothing else it's the most beautiful yeah. game in the world it's all just my summer vacation backgrounds in hd oh yeah. yeah. fucked up uh shasta writes in mother 3 is a game i think about a lot primarily because of how vivid my period my memories are first playing it 10 years ago uh most of this playthrough was spent grieving that passage of time and just feeling old what games make you say wait it's been how long since i played it and turned to ash all um, of them <laughs> I think the one I feel this way the most about is Mario Sunshine. Whenever I go back to Mario Sunshine, because I remember, I remember much like I do now, like reading about the Japanese release, like and what people thought about the game and how it was already contentious and like Shine Get was a meme because that's what it said when you got a Shine and they should have like, kept the it. Version, yeah, they should have kept it. But like I was consuming games the way that I consume them now, then without video content, of course, because that mm-hmm. wasn't really feasible. But like that game's so old. <laughs> Yeah, I think an equivalent one for me would be just like Halo 2. Yeah. 
almost 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could pick someone who has no con- connection to games to help develop a game, who would it be and why? Me. Um, <laughs> I think I'd... John Carpenter. I bet the game would be bad because he has yeah. a bad taste in games, but I would like to... Taste, yeah. I would like to enjoy... Because he just... He's the most normal gamer. He's out here playing yes. Halo Infinite. I'm like, John Carpenter, yes. love yourself. Um, what's the best concert slash musical performance sequence in a game? Ooh. Um, it's it's uh, literally everything in Space Channel 5 Part 2. Oh, I, I, I don't know anything about that. Well, that game is just a musical, is the thing, so. I don't know musical performance. There's lots of games that have just, like, introduced a random rhythm game. Um that happens yeah, in a lot of Prince of Masashi has one I almost shot out and was like, I can't do that a third time. <laughs> I gotta walk Why away. is this just how it's gone? <laughs> you didn't plan for the day to be the no. Brave Prince of Masashi day. Um, uh, this is really definitely not high on the list, but I do remember when Alan Wake has a ridiculous like concert sequence, which is otherwise a very boring game. Uh, although Alan Wake is fine, but it's not that great. Uh, but it does yeah. have a crazy concert sequence in the middle of it, and that was, that's fun. It's not a song. It's it's spoken word poetry, but the spoken word poetry bit in Grim Fandango always hits. Oh yeah, I, I'm counting that. I'm counting yeah. that. There's some musical sequence in Sam and Max. The uh, the Telltale ones are fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. Uh, Anthony writes in. Uh, no matter how much I play this game, I never managed to get even halfway decent at the time hit system. Um, there was a question about how you, any systems you just haven't have come turn time did not come to grips with and we've mentioned that but uh the weird thing about this system is i think the deeper in the game you go the less i used it because i was just hitting things with spells i was still using it i, I, I was still using it but not nearly as much i mean i hate to be an asshole but uh i was like this system's way too easy um <laughs> i it's weird because like i had songs where i would get regularly get like you know 13 to 16 and then I'd have I'd have some songs where I literally never figured it out, never got past like three, um, just made, like just timings I couldn't figure out. Sometimes uh, I, every once in a while, if I was finding a lot of the enemy, I'd go into the little box where you get to replay battles and like find the timing. That helps a lot. Uh, if you want to play this game after listening to this, we you get that box relatively early on. It lets you replay battles, but they don't attack. You just get to and they don't die. You just get to practice timings until you're done. Huge help. Yeah, you can also do that by um, sending enemies to sleep. Yeah. But they will, they'll die there, so, you yeah, know. Yes. Uh, but um, I, I guess for me, my my thing was, like, I, I found it mostly because, you know, I, I play drums, so I'm, this rhythm stuff is usually easy. But I, I ended up being tripped up by some songs by, like, expecting them to be more complicated. I liked the ones where, like, the tempo would change and it would, like, speed up throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one where it was, like, an almost waltzish track, um, but it still had a flat, like, Yes. timing i'm like this should be a boom but ba, ba. like it should you should yes. this, this should be actual like rhythm changes and yes. early on i thought like okay so i have to go for like the offbeat and then no they're all just one bum but they're, they're all simple things you just have to find the rhythm um and i was expecting slightly more variation in in like making sure you yep. uh engage with the beat yep. um also boating rules what are some of your favorite game dogs favorite game dogs I like the uh, I I do like in Undertale the 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 white dog that's in the big armor suit. That's always been a top. Oh, that's dog. a classic game dog. <laughs> that's a classic game dog. Fa- uh, the dog in Fable Two. Fable Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so true. It's just a good dog. What are you gonna do? Um, you seen there's a dog in Final Fantasy Sixteen? No. Can you pet it? Is it a party member? 
I, I think it's a party member. I think it might be the only party member. Okay. Because um, they, they, they gave the thing where they're like, there'll be AI party members, but then there's also a line about how like the dog will support you. So I, I bet there's a, a dog button and there's no other. I think I bet that's the only party member mechanic is there'll I be a dog button. True. I bet that's not true. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea specifically. Sam from Seven Max. That's classic dog. Yeah. Do people um, like the, um, the Akami wolf? Sure. I don't have an opinion about Akami. It doesn't, I'm going to repeat here. <laughs> Uh, John writes in thinking about the fun frogs in Mother 3 who tell you to say hi to the next frog got me thinking even though I was emulating Mother 3 and have save states I'd always offer to save, I have, took the opportunity to save with cute frogs what's the best save point in a game I personally love the Resident Evil typewriters and the save series in Final Fantasy X um, frogs are good I mean it's the Resident Evil safe room like that's just the answer that is a really good one is the thing it's hard to say no to that one I like the um I like the like Egovania and Metroid style like thing you step into or sit down on. And, oh, like, the coffin. Process. Yeah, <laughs> the the wireframe coffin from something. I um I've been playing a little bit of Bloodstained, and those are it's just like a giant bench she sits down on, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that's the shit. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, this is a yeah. this is a good choice. Yeah. Um. The it, it, I feel like it's better when there's like a pro like there's like a process involved in it where you gotta like hit a button and then a thing happens your character sits down or climbs up on something that's always cool it's why it's best in 2d because he's like you don't want it to actually yeah. take time it just needs to be a quick very characterful animation yes uh, um i mean talking to mei ling is always good talking to mei ling is good yeah um this question uh from didn't have a name just am on here how well do you think mother 3 addresses criticisms of mother 2's implicit acceptance of capitalism slash nostalgia as natural order mm, uh, i think we covered that. we covered that we have something else to say. yeah i think it's fraught i think it, like i don't think i think ito is just a guy who's too nostalgic to like ever escape the gravity of that thing um but i mean it's trying i do think i do think it holds up mother 2 as like there's more to life than this thing you shouldn't just be about mother 2 um i don't know um eric writes in do either of you have a favorite frog like in my life in video game we're gonna say in video games and the answer of course is the frog prince from frog game absolutely the frog prince from frog game god that's one of, that might be one of the best games we've covered for because uh, we have another person who wrote in well, who's the best frog it's obviously frog from chrono trigger and that's a strong frog don't get me wrong i'm not here to shit on frog but it's uh frog prince from frog game it's frog, from frog game absolutely uh do you have a favorite non-frog npc <laughs> Like in this game or just in general? Just in general. I think this is asking in this game because it's the next thing to do. Are there any, any twists? Oh, well, I, I like the really tall guy. I think he's pretty good. The really tall guy's so good. God, I, I like when he talks. I like his reveal at the end. He's great. Yes. Um, the really tall guy's probably just the answer. Man, he's so good. You spend the whole game like, who the fuck is this really tall guy? And then oh. they're like, you forget about him enough before he comes yes. back. Um, there's one that I really liked where, uh, the first time you see the train, you get, I, I was like, I'm going to run down the train tracks. So I was just exploring. Right. And a guy, it's like a, one of the Mr. T guys, right. Or whatever comes and grabs you and pulls you back. He's like, no, no, don't go down there. You can get beat up. There's like bad things down there and trains come through and hit people. You don't want to get hurt. Um, but then later you do have to go down the tracks and by then the game will let you. But when you go try to go down the tracks, this guy runs up and grabs you. He's like, ah, you can't go down there. Wait a second. Yes, you can. But I just felt compelled to stop you. I don't really understand it. And then runs off. And I thought that was so charming. <laughs> yeah, that made was really good. Um, let's see. Um, uh, 
there's a question about twists and reveals, but um, more importantly, an add-on. Does it detract from a game if you can see plot twists coming from far in advance? No, generally. Um, no. Part of like just liking critiquing writing and construction. So this happens more with TV and movies than it does video games. It's just like, though I do do it sometimes in video games, is like, just try to call the the, the, the thing the thing's going to be about as fast as, like, not not like obnoxiously, just like, oh, this Star Trek episode's about this. This horror movie's about this. This game's, a, like, I'm playing a, playing Fate of Morgana. I'm not going to talk about it until I'm done. That's going to probably be two months from now. But, like, I have some predictions about what I think's happening in that game, and I, like, just put them out there in the world for my friends to laugh at who have you know, played the game. And I just like doing that. Um, I don't think if I nail it, it doesn't, like, detract from the game. I'm just always thinking in that churning way. Mm-hmm um i think it depends on the game like there are some games where like the mystery <laughs> sure is... i played prey 2017 or whatever and <laughs> that game is like all, all it's dripping in mystery and portent and then i like called what it was because the stupidest shit in the world and the game was bad like the thing is the twists can be bad but usually if it, if the, the twist learning the twist disrupts my enjoyment of the game there's other problems with the game it's yeah. never like that's the thing that deflated the experience oh, absolutely i just mean there are some games that play better with the mystery and some games that play better with the like um when you know the context yeah different games are different strengths for that uh yes and also there's just games with like you know, just you know you you were within 15 minutes dming me what is this prey twist and i was like that's the twist from the post credit sequence and you're like okay i'm done with the game <laughs> um, uh, uh i remember being in the um at the, the top of the tower in ff12 and i was like saying exactly what was going to happen in the cutscene right before it happened uh, yes. on the skype calls you know like sometimes these genres they get in you they're not that difficult yeah uh adam writes in if mother three were ever officially released for western audiences which unreleased game would y'all want nintendo fans to get increasingly unhinged about next and it's not a nintendo game but obviously my summer vacation summer vacation fandom needs to rise up and demand someone do something about this it's sony they I can't believe the game's pop. They own it. Sony have that game. Yeah. Oh, they're not even fucking porting Bloodborne. <laughs> um, the actual, the actual Nintendo one of these I would want is Doshin the Giant. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even think that looks like a good game, but it's weird that it never came out. I mean, the answer is also it's another frog game answer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they should put a frog game. That game would do so well. Um, Can you imagine? If they remade Frog Game, like in the... They could just use... Yeah, they could just use the Link's Awakening engine they have. I know, but, like, I feel like losing the sprite work would really... Uh, eh, people would still fucking flip over that game. That's true. I mean, yes. We'll see how live life goes, right? You, you know, yep. these games will keep their style. Emerson writes in about the best amphibian in video games. Again, it's Frog Prince. Sorry. Sorry. Probably Frog from Chrono Trigger. Uh, Colin writes in. Uh, I had asked Colin. Colin tried to send me a bunch of messages about what Earthbound or Mother Three is about. While I was in the middle of playing Mother Three, I'm like, no, 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 stow it. Say, write an email. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think about? I'm just going to read this whole thing. What do you all think about how Mother Three talk and the way it talks about and deals with nostalgia? Something that feels incredibly thick in the game's themes, but somehow goes undiscussed. Pokey's obsession with recreating the past and the future and destroying anything that gets in the way to do so. Pretty much freezing it in amber. I always thought it was really interesting, this sort of meta-commentary that's far the expected in that sort, where Mother 3 is very aware of how people looked at Earthbound and Mother 2 and would obviously have such nostalgia for themselves. And via Mother 3, exploring the way those feelings can go toxic, painful, and can stop forward advancement of the self. And if you have the power while doing so, stop forward advancement of everyone else too. There's a double layer to it too, I feel, in the fact that Mother 2 Earthbound has a lot of vibes for nostalgia, 50s Americana and Peanuts and all of that. Um, You know, obviously with it being a Japanese perspective, but still. Um, this feels especially contrasted with Lucas and the sunflower scene dealing with these feelings of the past or loved ones and connections and knowing that it's necessary to move ahead, getting catharsis 
and you know turning away from anchoring yourself in the past and forcing everyone else to stay there too um this all ends up with a bit on the nose defeat of pokey trapping him in a permanent stasis forever which layers on top of how he's arrested his own development and stayed a child like bully forever and ever you get the idea curious on your thoughts because uh, it seems to have in the game it doesn't come up a lot it's weird because like i was also looking around and there weren't a lot of most people were like oh the ending's so sad about grief and loss and i'm like the more interesting thing is like you go through a mother museum and then pokey porky just refuses to like let go of him being like the infinite like shitty 10 year old bully of all time it's it's weird as i said like in the discussion it's like it's weird that, that stuff doesn't come up because that's like half of media now <laughs> has, yeah. has this theme because they keep making the people remake the same things because they sell better yeah yeah um and i think mother like handles it much better than like that's shit right like yes it's so much better than like the incredibles which is ostensibly kind of the same thing god god <laughs> Um, you're right mother three is better than the incredibles we'll have to put that on the boards <laughs> put that yes. on the back of the box when they uh <laughs> when they bring it over yes uh wudaba writes in uh i'm sure you've seen the hard drive headline that's like huge earthbound fan excited to play the game for the first time <laughs> well i was that person with mother three um i was fascinated with earthbound stuff in smash bros and it got me into the periphery of the western uh mother fandom and i became a lurker on the infamous starman.net forum shortly after brawl's release um this kind of shifted my per- perception of mother through when i finally around, got around to playing it in like 2011. it's hard to describe the atmosphere of the western earthbound fandom as i experienced it is anything less than religious on the subject of both mother three and the fan translation that let people play it um and each element within the game was subject to a certain kind of fervor uh, even elements that in hindsight don't really work. Still think the game's fantastic, but it's one more often wonder what I would have felt about if I just played it like a normal video game instead of wrapped in a fandom uh, where everyone over-scrutinized Elia for every element and discoursed about it. Because uh, it extends now, it's a game that I can only really love with lowercase l, if that makes any sense. It's hard for me to find myself in there over the other cacophonous voices involved in, you know, ingesting that. Did you encounter any similar fiction with the reputation of this game, or friction with the reputation of the games you're going through it? Are there other games you felt something like this where your ability to engage with it was compromised, altered because of the conversation around it? It's entirely possible this is just a me thing. No, this is not just a me that, thing. That, you that, think. That, that's, that's, yes, no, like, that's, that's me playing um, Neuronomata, right? Like, you just get these things sold as if they're, like, transcendental and you play them and they're just dumb and you're like, mm. and, you know, I, I, don't even, I don't even mean dumb as, like, a, as, as a christened like I, I don't like Neuronomata, right? but, like, the games are just games, right? And they're, 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 they're video games. <laughs> yeah i've had this with like i have this more with like movies and books and stuff uh but like you know i i, I took forever to watch the sopranos i'm currently watching the sopranos i said to watch the sopranos but um that was one that like loomed large in my head it's like oh everyone i know really likes this show in a way i like i trust them but i need to be ready and blah blah blah. i don't need to be ready i just need to watch the fucking show it's just a show um i know how to watch a television show it's the easiest thing in the world. you just sit there and let it go into your eyeballs um but um I, the thing is, like, abnormal mapping has been partially an experience of doing this work in particular, of like approaching these things. When we started abnormal mapping, there was like, like a long list of games I wanted to, like, I'd never gotten to. I never would unless we had an excuse. Someday I'd like to get around to them. I think the only one still on that list from way back in the day now is Riven, because Mother 3 was the other, like, real hanger yes. on. And we're probably not going to do an episode on Riven. I just need to play Riven someday. But, like, part of this has been going to the games where I was like, someday I'd love to really check this out. And then having to sit down and like do the fucking thing. And I got four weeks and I got to get it out and get it done. Um, it's really good to just part of the fun of giving yourself these projects, even before this was like our job was just an excuse to get over yourself. Yes, absolutely. Cause this, this happens 
it's very easy to make this happen um and i can get like bogged down in the middle of it right like i read the yeah. first two logbooks three years ago now and now in just the no man's land where like i can't i need to finish them i there but they're long and all the people talking about them uh, like you know, people talk about log like it's the greatest thing in the universe. You've already just given up and don't like it. All sides of this issue are like it's it's just some fucking books, right? Like yeah, the 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 cultural weight of anything just uh ends up getting in the way of just engaging it with with, a, with a, as a text for good or bad. I mean, I don't mean this is yeah. like a qualitative thing. Like they're just texts that you can in, enjoy. It's all culture. It's just made by people. It, you know. Yeah. Um, we had another email about best frog and best save points. I didn't cover that. Uh. Grime writes in, Mother 3 undeniably had a massive influence in the indie RPG space, uh, spawning a whole micro genre. Do you have any favorites that in draw influence from Mother 3? It's weird because like all the ones I would cite came out kind of before Mother 3 and aren't part of this. I guess Delta, like I really like Delta Room, obviously, but um, do they have anything cool to play with what Mother, the Mother uh, does? Yeah, I think I think this, this is a space where like I want to spend more time there and I'm going to try to make an effort. Uh, and I think the like... The, the like citizens of earth of the world right that's the name of that game right yes. ones that are deliberately like we're making a game like earthbound or the least interesting ones of those just go find some fucking rpg maker games yes um there's so there's so many there's so many and i haven't yes. really like dipped into that bucket yep. uh nora writes in i just finished chorves chorves chorus right yes chorves. that's that's uh, chorus and wanted to know what some other cool flying games were ace Very combat uh, Ace Combat. Let me tell you about a Star Wars Rogue Squadron and Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. Okay, but you don't have a GameCube, oh. so Ace Combat. Also, also uh, Star Wars uh, The Battle for Naboo. Same company. Same thing. It's great. It's like the middle one between those two games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ace Combat's really good. Uh, Star Fox 64. You should play that. And um, no, Star Fox 64 is it. You, you, you know. I like Star Fox Command, but it's like a weird thing. Um, but it's cool. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite endgame extrapolation of powers, abilities, and games for you? Um, things like draining lightning from storm clouds and in infamous, or the super gravity gun, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the ones that's like funny to me, even though it's not that great, is um, when uh, Ezio gets the apple and just like AOE zaps guys with brainwash- like brainwashing lightning. The end of Assassin's Creed. I think that's in Brotherhood that he gets the apple. I think I think that's Assassin's Creed one. I think Altair gets the apple and is doing. No, you're being. No, this is an Altair one specifically. I know it. No, no, I know this is an Etsy. Or oh, you're fighting the guy with the apple in one, and then yeah, yeah. two because you're man. I played Assassin's Creed so long ago. I think it's specifically in Brotherhood. Okay, then I guess that makes sense because the Brotherhood is the has the crazy ending that is the last time Assassin's Creed game had a cliffhanger anyone cared about. Um. Yeah. Um. I always like uh, when you just get the ability to like, f- usually it's a super jump, but like the fly move in like, uh, uh, like any Castlevania and all the vertical spaces has become trivialized. It's always good fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of these. Uh, obvious one for me is um, the final power up you get in inside. Not really a power up game, but the, that game has just an incredible final, like interactive mode that it puts you in for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, that's um, true absolutely amazing um and also uh i think it's very cool when you get the the gun uh, at the end of titanfall 2 from the first game uh i had had jeff gersman describe that as one of the coolest things in video games <laughs> so when i got to it i was like 
This isn't that good. It is cool. It's You run on the walls and you shoot the guys. But yes, the problem is when you've heard Jeff Gerstmann describe getting a normal gun from another game, not even like a popular game, from fucking Titanfall 1. Yeah. As like this transcendent moment of fan service. I understand yeah. how that can be a letdown for you. Yes. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, the other answer is just... Uh, Kingdom Hearts is my go-to for this, but you can think of any Metrobrania. Like, you know, as you said, right, like, when you get the fly ability. Uh, yeah. Like, when I can glide around the levels, I don't have to do the jumping puzzles anymore. Uh, beautiful. What a beautiful day. We're free at last. Yep. Um, anyway, that's it. Again, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. We went through 29 emails, so good job us. Bam, 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 bam. Still under two hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, uh, with music, probably not. Not but. with the music, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, next month, we are going to be covering Survival Kids, the Konami uh, GB, no, Game Boy Color game. Almost said GBA again, but it's not that. Nope. Um, thanks to our friend Crystal for recommending this, because I was like, we need something short, and I don't have any good ideas anymore. Um. Because this one, this one, despite the fact that we both enjoyed it, kind of took it out of both of us. <laughs> it's long. Um, it's been a busy month. I've been dealing yeah. with wrist pain. I've just been depressed. That's all. That's fine. Nothing like nothing emergency, but just you know, normal ass depression. I've also been um, depressed, but I don't really mention that much anymore. It just is true. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, look forward to that. The game is like five or six hours long, so uh, easy if you want to play that. Um. We'll just be playing the first game. There's a sequel that was Japanese only that has a fan translation. And then the DS series Lost in Blue is like basically the same thing. Just like, you know, new, new, new look and new, uh, new name. Um, so just like early survival games. Uh, should be fun. Jackson, plugs. Yeah, you can find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter.com. And you can find the podcast that we do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can support our podcast at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project. Currently, we're watching Superior Defender Gundam Force, which is a CG Western co-production Gundam. Uh, and we're watching Digimon Tamers, the third season of Digimon. Uh, and that's been really fun so far. We're really early. Um, if you want to get in on the ground floor of that. They're uh, the champions. For $5, you, for $5, you get Blockbusters, where we once a month, we watch a Hollywood movie and break it down. We recently watched Soul, the Pixar film. Not very good. <laughs> no. We had a good talk about it, though. Uh, and we're going to be watching Good Morning Vietnam in just like a week here. So that'll be real soon. Um, yeah. Actually, it'll, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know what day this is coming out, but it'll be very soon. Um, for $10, you get VoIP Life, where we uh, sit down and every two weeks is a big thank you for supporting us at that level. Just kind of goof off, talk about dumb shit that's where our e3 stuff is um there's a lot of episodes about video games in there um it's a good time and it, you know it supports the channel thank you so much for everyone who supports and shares if you like this episode please of course uh tell your friends uh retweeting the podcast is like a huge honestly genuinely like as big of a help if you can't plug a patreon share the podcast tell people you think would be interested in episodes about episodes you can check find all the old episodes in the archive it's on the website it's on the website the bestgame.club that's the website. Um, we have other game clubs. We have Journal Updated, which just recently did um the Force is that Dragon Age? Or did they Force Oh Force Awakens, yes, that'll be out. Force uh, Force Unleashed is out in a couple of days. Not Force, Force Awakens, Unleashed that's that's yes. gonna be Look, I don't care about Star Wars anymore. I don't have to get it right. I can just be wrong. That's so true. Um and we have uh, Novel Not New, which is a uh visual novel game club. Well, they're kind of expanding their remit a little. They just recently did Shenmue one through three. 
Um, Jackson was on an episode about Stranger in Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Not a visual um, novel. Not a visual novel. And then we have, um, uh, well, we also have Fate Moon Archive, uh, which is a read through of the works of Type Moon. Uh, we're currently finishing up the fir- first arc of Fate Stay Night, the Fate arc. Um, so look forward to that. Um, those are long podcasts. I would never. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then we have the safe room, which is a uh, survival horror. I guess generally just horror game club. It says survival horror, but eventually you're going to run out of survival horror games. There's only uh, two. They're of working them. on. They're working on Silent Hill Two uh, right now, right? I think yeah. that's right. There's more yeah. than two, but like we have so many game clubs that uh, it's hard to keep track of them all. Yeah. Starting um, the is survival horror a real genre forum thread, and then walking away. Yes. Um, I don't need to hear about it. It is a real thing, but I'm just saying that like. Action you know, eventually, you, eventually the PS2 runs out of games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quicker than we all wanted. Um. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed um, sending questions. You know, I love react. If you want to react to this episode, uh, just do it in the Discord. We have a link on the website, thebestgame.club. You can get a link to the, actually, probably just enrollmapping.com. I don't actually think they have mapping page links to the Discord. Um, come hang out. People talk about video games a lot there. Um, good we don't plug it that often but you know it's always nice to get new people in yeah all right that's Uh, a fucking podcast yeah uh goodbye only five can ladder (laughs) only five can ladder so true